shit. We be live. <laughs> don't, don't, oh no, you swore already. You swore at the at the very beginning of the stream. So guys, the video is going to be suppressed. So please, everybody, make sure that we um, that you like the video because thanks to Susanna, <laughs> the first word that came out of this video was a swear word. <laughs> I don't know. Did, they, did it make it live or no? I don't know. Um, <laughs> be careful. Oh, you're muted. Uh, oh, you're back. No, I'm not. Now you're back. Um, okay. People in the live chat tell me, was the first thing you heard be... me cussing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, oh, somebody's doing my work. We be live. Yes, we be live. Audio is good. Guys, um, all right. Guys, make sure you like the video because... This means that YouTube will suppress the video, but it's fine. I did an oopsie. Right, um. Anyways, yeah. guys, welcome to this. the Atheist Republic News Show. This is where we meet once a week to talk about religion and secular-related news items that happened recently. Uh, and we have huge news this week. We have a lot of huge news this week. Um, so... Are you ready to get into it, Armin? Yes, yes. Somebody reminded us to add the overlay. Thank you so much, Clarity. Did you take off the overlay? Yes. Don't ever take off the overlay because we always forget to add it back on. Okay, I can explain why it happened. It wasn't. This is the. But it's not worth our time right now. It's not worth. Okay, our time okay, right now. okay. No, but I would forget <laughs> telling you, so I'm going to tell you now. This is okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, it's okay. Um. By the way, Susie, um, I have to say that she, I have to thank her right now for all the work we do because right now I attacked her twice for the things she's done. First because of the swearing and now because of removing the overlay. So to make, <laughs> to not seem ungrateful, I have to make, let everybody know that this entire show is 99% Susie's work and uh, everything she does behind the scene to get the show ready. So I don't, I hope like I'm not, I'm not coming off as ungrateful or anything like that. All right. No, all no, right. no, not at all. <laughs> Gossip's getting protective. Hey, don't yell at Susie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, well, guys, if you are a fan of this show, familiar with this show, you know that usually, we do a news item related to our organization at the end, and we have happy news at the end. But this week, we have two big items, so we're doing things in reverse. Okay. And are you ready to get into it? I, I am, but I'm kind of triggered by this comment. Music guy is saying, Armin, this is Suze's show, not yours. I am the boss. Hey. Susie, you t you 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 tell them. You, you know, I'm not gonna say anything. You have to. You have to tell them. This is our show, okay? Yes. Also, it is our show. yeah, it's our show, okay? Don't. Okay, I was being nice to Susie, but don't go. Don't take it that far, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Can we? <laughs> Get triggered. <laughs> yeah, I got triggered. Um, can we clap for the next first news? Um. Well, actually, we don't like this, but we're gonna clap for the first news. Nobody died. If if it's fine, yeah, true. Yeah, okay. Um, first news. First news: Atheist Republic suspended from Twitter. Ay, Dios mío! 
Okay. <laughs> On November 14th, Atheist Republic's Twitter, at Atheist Republic, was incorrectly suspended from the platform due to multiple false copyright claims. AR's Twitter account began, began getting hit with provably false copyright claims in late August 2021, and the number of these false claims began accelerating through November. Several pieces of content taken down due to the so-called copyright infringement were reinstated after Twitter determined that the copyright claim was incorrect, therefore, you know, proving that we are not violating policies. The copyright, however, the copyright claims uh, system was exploited due to the period of review for counter notifications taking much longer than the process to make a claim against the account. This allowed the false claimers to hit the Atheist Republic account with claims more quickly than they can be reviewed, ultimately leading to our suspension. This is clearly an abuse of Twitter's copyright claim system and must be corrected. And once again, this incident highlights the importance of having personal contacts within large social media companies, as there is literally little to no hope of having these issues correctly remedied otherwise. So if you or anyone you know works at Twitter, if you have them in your um, networking circles, uh, please reach out to me, Atheist Republic's president and CEO at Susanna at atheistrepublic.com. Um, that Wait, would be write your email, a, write your email in the live chat so I could highlight that. Yes. Um, having someone reach out to us with a contact would be, uh, just, it would change the situation entirely for us. Um, these, this is, is just a really sketchy situation altogether. So, um, Oh, since August, our account has been hit with seven different false copyright claims. Um, at least three of the copyright claims, Twitter reviewed and then reinstated that content because they determined, hey, they actually are not able to prove that they are the rightful copyright owners, right? And um, all of these copyright claims originated in Bangladesh, every single one of them. Many of these copyright claims were from like repeated individuals. There were a few names that, because when you make a copyright claim, these are memes, someone, by the way. They're they're yeah. doing copyright claims against memes by going. They when we post a meme, okay, they go and take the meme. These are not not work of art or anything. They're not comics. They're just memes with like just pictures with text on it, like people that they're all over the internet. Okay, so they go and download the meme. They put it on a website. And then they copy the link and use that link on the on the website that they put the meme on after we posted it on our on our on our Facebook on our Twitter account. For and they some go of on them, Twitter. Not all of them. Well, no, I mean some of the, like they were have been posted for many 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 years. Like they yeah. have been reposted over and over again, right? And then they go use the link that they have, the new link that they have to to do a copyright claim against a meme that has been posted on Twitter and Twitter automatically, right, accepts the copyright claim, like there's no human involvement. And then you're supposed to appeal it. And then when you have, every time we appeal it, after a week or so, um, somebody looks it's at it. It's much oh, longer than a week. It's supposed okay, to be 10 business days. It takes, right. it's taken at least three weeks sometimes. Right. So it, it takes a couple of weeks for people, so for a human to take a look at it and then uh, to do, undo the copyright claim. So they, these these 
these people, these religious people, have figured out a way to overwhelm the system. Like after you get a certain number of copyright claims, um, you get yeah, I can't get suspended. So all they have to do is just to stack them up fast before the appeal process gets through. And once the appeal process gets through, the ones that you appealed before, it, it just goes nowhere. And you can't do the appeals anymore because you don't have an account. So they just found a loophole in the system to just do you know, unfounded copyright claims for you to take your account down. By the way, guys, these are religious people who tell atheists that we have no morals, okay? They are using... They are using provable lies, like they're out, like they. These people know that we're not doing any copyright. That we're not violating any copyright. Like these are memes, okay? And they're using such dishonest tactics as a way to take our take down our Twitter account. Like these are, did you see the moral standard? These are people that are supposed to be on the side of morality, and we're supposed to be the evil ones. And they're using such lies and such tactics, such dishonest tactics as a way to take down somebody because you don't have any other way to react to them because they, they're trying to suppress your speech. They're trying to suppress what you have to say and they can't even use their own, like you ha you haven't even, not only you haven't said anything wrong, you haven't said anything e that even violates the platform's rules. Like this is not even against the community standards of the platform. So they just have to use a loophole to get rid of us. And, and they say atheists have no morals. It's amazing. It's amazing how sensitive these people are. By the way, uh, do you have the tweet of the Hindutva, the Hindu the, 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 who went and take, took credit for this? Can you send me the Ooh, link to that? Wait a second. Let me find it. Yeah, I I'll pull go, that up I right now. Sure, like, the, 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 the people who took credit for this were like these Hindutva uh, jihadis. And they're celebrating the fact that... By the way, let me just tell you guys. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. Like, I don't know what you think this is going to do because you guys do your use your tactics and use your dishonest ways and your um, lies to try to get us to get intimidated and stop. But we're going to get just do what we what what is the right thing to do. We're going to keep um, shining a light on your, you know, Hindutva bullcrap. Like we're gonna, we're gonna. So here's the thing: you think like you're using, and again, given the ways that you try to take out um, our, you know, voices and our opinions and our what we have to say, the methods that you use, shouldn't that tell you something about who you are? Don't you, don't you think like you're on the wrong side? Like, don't you like, don't you look into the mirror and like we, we must be the evil people, um, in the in this battle, right? And here's the thing: you can take out everything we have. You could take out our Facebook, our Twitter, keep, uh, you know, giving us strikes on YouTube, keep finding um, loopholes in these social media platforms as a way to take down our account. We're going to keep doing like every time we come back stronger than before. Like every time you took down one of our platforms, this is not going to make us stop. We know that we're doing the right thing to do. We're going to keep doing this regardless of the results. And we always make it make it through. We always make it through. No matter how many of these things, how many of these tactic, tactics you use, we're this is, we're only getting started. By the way, guys, like we have a multi-decade mission and going after your your hand dude for bullcrap, right? So you think like you could just stop us by taking out? Yeah, here's the thing. This is like this is 130k followers of our, our Twitter account that that we managed to grow a atheist republic Twitter account after like a decade of work. And these people spend weeks using this manipulative 
dishonest way of taking it down. Okay. Here's the thing. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We're going to keep doing, we're going to, you, you keep burning while we keep building. Okay. You keep burning things down. You keep burning things down. We keep building them up. We will take, we will take another decade and we will build back better. Right. We will build back stronger than before. Right. We will, we will remake all of these things. We will refine our community. We're not leaving India. We, India is too precious for us to let, let it go. Just because you people are ruining India, that doesn't mean we're going to give up on India. We're gonna, we care for India, and we value our community. And you think you have discon disconnected us from our community? We will make it. We will remake all of this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much you come at us. But go ahead, Susanna. Well, okay. So here I found on Twitter... Um, so if you guys remember back when the personal Twitter accounts of myself and Armin got banned, you will remember that there are these Hindutva IT cells who spend their time mass reporting accounts to get them suspended and banned for criticizing India or criticizing Hinduism. And then they'll celebrate the fact that these accounts that they reported got banned. So I found one example of a group doing this um, and suspended atheist Republic. And because we have a hundred, we had 130 K followers. We got four fire emojis. Okay. The more fire emojis, the bigger, the, the trophy for them. And so in, in this screenshot, you can see that they took a screenshot of our um, account and then they took a screenshot of them reporting our account because you can see here it says accounts that you reported. Um, and it just, it drives me crazy that there are accounts that are dedicated to mass targeted mass reporting and abuse of Twitter's reporting systems. And they are allowed to continue to be on the platform while they are openly manipulating Twitter's terms of service and their, their policies that are supposed to be in place. Um, this was our Atheist Republic account, to my knowledge, was the largest atheist-centered Twitter account on the platform, and it's gone, just like that, because a couple of individuals wanted to exploit Twitter's reporting systems. Um, the good news is, in terms of reasons why an account would get suspended, this is one of the most, um, I think, easy-to-remedy if we could get a human to look at this, this should be an easier to remedy as opposed to getting suspended because we were called like spreading hateful conduct or something, right? This is a obvious um, manipulation of Twitter systems. And the thing is, is that not only were in every single example, they could not prove that they are the rightful copyright owners. In fact, now I've gone back to look at the links where they were telling Twitter that this is where you can find the original content. Many of their websites have now suddenly disappeared. Wow. Like it's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So please, you guys, I really need you to... This is a moment where of the atheist public, we need our community. We need our community to help us. So uh, if you work in tech or any industry, think throughout your extended, you know, uh, network who might work at Twitter that could help us. Um, it would be, I would be so eternally thankful and it would really make a big difference to our organization. Um, 
But like Armin said, either way, we're not going to stop. We're going to continue. And this is another reason why it's important for people to sign up for our newsletter. Link is in the description because they can target us on any single platform, on Twitter, on YouTube, mm. anywhere we are, they can target us, but they cannot take our newsletter from us. So yes. if you always want to be able to know where you can find us next, even if we get nuked off of everywhere else, you should subscribe to our newsletter because that's where we will be keeping in touch with our community. Um, yeah. This also Actually, reminds me really quickly. Um, in the top of the description for this video, you should see a link that says helper get our Twitter account back. Please copy and paste the text in this tweet and make our own tweet, your own tweet to support atheist Republic. And um, I'll put a link in the live chat as well. Um, but if mm. you go click this link, it's to a tweet from secular jihadists. And if you could either retweet this tweet or like I said, copy the what's in this tweet and then post it yourself. This will help us a lot because it's tagging Twitter support, alerting people saying, Hey, this is wrong. This shouldn't have happened. And, um, it, we want more people aware of this issue and more people talking about it. It would be a huge help to us. So, um, yeah, yes. this is what the tweet says. So please copy and paste that and re repost it yourself with the dot included. I do want to, and also make sure you um, email Susanna if you have any leads. But but I do see some people suggesting that uh, we should go to other platforms. Guys, the other platform is the newsletter. None of these platforms could be uh, trusted. Like this is what the newsletter is the only way that we could uh, that we have full control over our audience. That's why you should subscribe to our newsletter. Also, reminder that if you do subscribe to our newsletter, we do have gifts for you. We have our blasphemous art sent to you. Um, so make sure, yeah, th that's make sure you're there. Okay, um, th that's one thing. Another thing is that it's amazing how flawed Twitter is because these not only these people take down our accounts in such uh, dishonest ways. But they also brag about it on Twitter, like the, the fact that they managed to take down these accounts. Like they're on Twitter bragging about the fact that they do this. Like it's so obvious for anybody looking at it that this is like a, a misuse of the reporting system. But there's like there's no there's not much attempt for Twitter to just like close these loopholes. So they don't they don't give a crap unless you raise a stink so high that they like all of a sudden they pay attention right but other than that they won't pay attention like this is so obviously like we obviously didn't violate anything we're posting memes these are memes that everybody else is posting but because we have a target on our back because these hindutva are butthurt over like a few goddesses that we made some drawings of by the way these drawings will never stop like i don't know what you think you're doing even if we are completely wiped out of twitter we're going to make sure that th these cartoons of your gods and goddesses haunt you for the, for the, forever. Okay. If this is what you're trying to stop, we, this is going, we're going to have, we're going to have 10 times more. We're going to have a thousand times more of these drawings. Okay. You have literally funded us. You, all of your activity has funded us to, to first of all, defend ourselves legally with all the police reports and court, um, you know, the legal, uh, filings that you have reported against us. So you have funded, you you made, you given us a community where, where uh, they're supporting us legally to defend ourselves that way. By the way, guys, the link to the GoFundMe for that is also in the description. And also you have given us enough patron for us to not just like Mother Kelly, your, the goddess that we made that started all of this, but like now a lot more, a lot more. And we will never stop thanks to you. 
So, and you think last time you tried this, last time you took out my Twitter account, you thought we were going to stop. We now are making it 10 times better. Now you took out Aethish Republic's Twitter account. Imagine you think last time we st- did that make us stop. What do you think is going to happen now? Okay. We're only going to use this as a rallying cry to just find more people to join us, right? We're all only going to use this as a rallying cry to bring more attention to how how sensitive, how pathetically weak you guys are that you're raising all of this over some drawings of your goddesses. Like you thought, True. Let's, you thought, yeah, let's not forget that that's what this is about. This is about cartoons. Yes. You, th- you thought the Muslim community is sensitive. Not at all. Not even remotely close to these butthurt Hindutva. My God, like they have, I, they have outdone, outdone any other community when it comes they to They are the most like, sensitive babies I have ever ever seen yeah it's crazy yeah anyways we're gonna there will be more cartoons and we will we we're gonna keep building our communities and there's nothing you could do to stop that there's nothing you're only giving us more creative we're gonna you're only gonna give us more creative ways to build our own community independent from these platforms right um we just made that. Didn't we just make that goddess? We just we came out with that. We did just make art. a Saraswati art. It was one of my yes. favorite ones, actually. Yeah, AJ didn't like it, but but I. <laughs> <laughs> um... Guys, oh yeah, actually, with regards to our art, some people are complaining. With uh, some people are loving the new styles that we're com- bringing up with our uh, goddesses, gods and goddesses, uh, but some people are loving it. But the whole point of the new styles is to. Um, have you know these gods and goddesses with so that different people you know for the different tastes like we're going to make different styles for different tastes so if you don't like one style don't worry we're going to make so many different styles anyways uh, anything you want to add before we go to the next news nope oh yeah secular is saying more art thanks and <laughs> yes exactly all right, uh, can we clap for the next news? I know that. Yes, yeah. we can. You <laughs> know we can. You know we can. Yes. Next news. Next news. Atheist activist Sohail Arabi freed from prison. This is amazing news, you guys. Atheist Republic celebrates the recent release of Iranian atheist activist and blogger Sohail Arabi from prison. Originally arrested in 2013 and later sentenced to death for insulting the Prophet Muhammad in Facebook posts, on November 16th, Sohail's lawyers announced that he was released from uh, Rajai Shar prison after nearly eight years of incarceration and torture at the hands of the Iranian regime. However, Iran has imposed an additional sentence of two years of internal exile. For this period of exile, Sohail will be held in the southern city of um, Borajan, in which, in what Reporters Without Borders calls, quote, illegal and judicial disciplinary harassment. Uh, while Sohail is still facing legal hurdles before he can truly be free from the stranglehold of the Islamic Republic of Iran, his recent release is a massive victory and relief for Iranian atheists and their allies across the globe. This is incredible news. Armin, your reaction. 
I mean, I can't, I can't beat you <laughs> after, after all of that. I, don't know. I mean, obviously this is great. However, be careful, be careful because good news sometimes leads to people not looking anymore. And usually that is used by the regime to give you some good news. And then be like, okay, good. Let's move on. And then we're like, now we're going to go after it. You know what I mean? Because everybody just like wash their hands off of this. Okay. So this is really good news. But it requires us to continue monitoring the situation, okay? Um, like you saw Nazanin's case, right? Remember, she got released from prison. And we were like, is she going to leave Iran now? And then she went back to prison. You know what I mean? So that was like a really horrible situation. So this is really, really good. But we have to keep the pressure, okay? Because the, gov the government of Iran is re relying on us, you know, losing, you know, you know, losing our attention to this to be able to uh the reason but guys by the way remember iran is a country so this guy is an atheist okay so he left islam okay and he hasn't been executed and now he's like out of prison but iran before this had executed a teacher simply for saying simply for saying prophet uh where did you say uh Yunus in english jonah right jonah Prophet yes. Jonah, the one in the, in the, okay. Simply for the teacher for simply saying that the prophet Jonah was not in the belly of a fish. Unlike, you know, the Quran, just like in Christianity, this is also a story in the Quran. And he said, he thought that that story was not real. Okay. And he got executed for that. That's executed not for leaving Islam, not for insulting Muhammad, not for saying religion is false or Islam is false, simply for questioning Prophet Jonah being swallowed by a fish. That man in Iran got executed. Okay. So what's the difference? Why is Sohail Arabi still alive? Why is Sohail Arabi not being uh, now not in jail anymore? Okay. Because of our pressure. Because of the pressure that the atheist community has put on and the international attention that this case got relative to that teacher. Okay. So when people who the people who say, like, oh, this is online activism, this is keyboard warrior, it's not gonna make a difference. Well, why is he still alive then? Okay. We why got is his it that death sentence commuted. Yes. Okay, so don't tell me, don't tell me these things don't have any influence. This man is still at risk. If we stop paying attention to this, we need to put the pressure. Some people think like countries like the governments in Iran or in Saudi Arabia, they don't care about international pressure. They're gonna, they're so barbaric and cruel that they just willy-nilly will execute anyone without without any regards to their image internationally. That is so false. They do care about their image. The pressure does have an effect. Okay, we have so many examples to show that sometimes, not always, sometimes the pressure, the international pressure, all these online, you know, be, oh, petitions don't, oh, I signed the petition. What is that going to do? Oh, you signed the petition. You're so proud. You think you did anything? Well, apparently it does something. Okay. Apparently, based on all the reports we're seeing, these petitions that you signed, the sharing of the petition, the sharing of the story, apparently it has an effect. Okay. His mother, his mother, risk everything risk his own life to come talk to atheist platform like to to get her free like we asked her like when his his mother when she came and interviewed us an atheist channel an atheist channel we was she while she was in iran we asked her like are you sure you want to interview interview us you could go to jail for simply talking to us she said she knows she doesn't care she doesn't have anything else to lose she needs attention she needs attention to bring 
be brought to her son. And guess what? Right after, right after Sohail Arabi's mother interviewed us, right after she was arrested and got, went to jail. But look, all her sacrifices, all the sacrifices of the mother paid off all the risks she took to bring you know, social media, because she didn't get much media attention, uh, uh, you know, she got mostly social media attention from streamers, from YouTubers. By the way, thank you, thank you, thank you to uh, non-Iranian uh, platforms such as um, Harris Sultan, uh, Apostle Prophet, uh, Abdullah Samir, uh, Cosmic Skeptic, Rationality, uh, Rationality rules. rules, Genetically Modified Skeptic, these channels that have nothing to do with Iran, but these are atheist channels that decided, and Ali Rizvi, uh, Mariam Namazi, oh, Mariam Namazi is Iranian, but still, thank every, all, Zara Kay, every single person that decided to bring attention to this. Um, you guys rock. Um, it's possible that Sohail Arabi is alive and is free to, well, not completely free, but a little bit more free, at least free enough to be able to spend time with his mother, uh, today, probably because of the actions, your actions. So thank you to all of you. And I hope the pressure continues. And I hope this motivates the people who are watching that next time somebody's in trouble, if they have any doubt that these uh, these uh, bringing attention has any impact, I hope this motivates them to continue bringing pressure to the next atheist, to the next secularist, or to the next infidel or heretic, or whatever you want to call them, okay? To the next free thinker that is in prison simply for, because of their ideas. I hope this motivates you to join us in sharing these, you know, stories, signing the petitions. You might think like, I'm just one signature. It might not have an effect. Well, it does. It does have an effect, okay? Let this be a lesson. So thank you to everybody who actually took half a second to sign a petition, okay? So thank you to you, everybody who did that. It does matter. Thank you to you for doing that. I also have to thank, well, Armin himself, and everyone who participated in Atheist Republic's global protest and effort around 2019 to raise attention to what Sohail was going through. That was a huge effort, and that I think that really made a difference. In terms of his um, internal exile, um, a quote from us writing about this, uh, Sohail's family condemns Iran's devious legal gymnastics to further his detention, and his lawyer has appealed to the courts to have 285 days in which he was illegally imprisoned to be deducted from the duration of the internal exile. So that is another um, effort that is being underway to help um, accelerate um, the status of his of his freedom, like true freedom. Um, I, and uh, I also want to say um, I don't think the the efforts and the attention, um, the effort to bring attention to Sohail would not have been possible without the participation of the global atheist republic community across our consulates, across the entire world. Um, and I also want to particularly shout out and give thanks to Atheist Republic's Persian language community, Jean-Bernie Beholdayan, and everyone on our Farsi-speaking team who put so much effort into raising awareness about what's going on for Sohail and Iranian atheists. And also, I would be remiss if I did not mention the collaborative efforts of the Council of Ex-Muslims of Britain, Britain and the Central Committee for Ex-Muslims uh, in Scandinavia. The work of Merriman Mazi and Milad at, in um, Stockholm 
so, so, so invaluable. This really is a global effort to raise awareness about what he's been going through. And D asked um, another question that I think is very important. D is asking, is his mom also free right now? So for those who are not familiar, Sohail's mother, um, Farangis, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Um, she has been tirelessly fighting for her son's freedom and also protesting the conditions that he has and other prisoners have had to endure while incarcerated. And because of her efforts to speak out in, in, in support of prisoner rights and against all the different forms of um, illegal and barbaric abuses that her son has been going through, she's been the subject of a lot of judicial harassment herself. And earlier she was sentenced to one year imprisonment because of what she's been doing to talk about these issues so publicly and so loudly. So D, to answer your question, to my knowledge, she still has to serve that sentence, although she has not had to begin that sentence yet, but she was sentenced to one year imprisonment for um, speaking out against all these different issues. So we'll see if there's any um, um, update on that as well, because it is also important to keep track of the status of his mother. Um, yeah. Also, by the way, both Sohail and his mother are amazing people. Okay. So Sohail, while he was in prison, he decided to start a campaign while he was in prison, being tortured, not for himself to be freed, but he saw the cases of other prisoners in jail and he decided to go on a hunger strike, putting himself in more danger, putting himself under more pressure um, and getting like more anger, angry like reactions to him because he was doing a campaign for other prisoners in, while he was in prison. That's the kind of man Sahel Arabi is. Like imagine the risk that this man is taking for other people's sake. It was unbelievable. This man is a hero, okay? Um, that's one thing. Another thing is you mentioned that we should thank the Atheist Republic's um, Iranian channel, the Persian community. I also have to thank the older Iranians who in, in the Persian community who decided to volunteer the time to translate the interview I had to English, the interview I had with Sohail Arabi's mother. They, they decided to, like, that was a very long interview, and it's really expensive to actually get these translated and also subtitled, the video subtitle. And they went through all of that interview, all of that long interview, and translated the entire thing and subtitled it just so that Sohail's mother has a more international audience. So that was that that was unbelievable. That was I just have to thank them. Um, yeah, but also one last thing that uh, Ghost Bunny mentioned, um, and also Mia mentioned. Also, let's read this while I get started. Yeah, Ghost Bunny is saying, good job, everyone. But like Mia said, it's not over until he's out of there completely. We still need to keep an eye on this and keep the pressure on. Yes, that is completely true. Like Armin was saying in the beginning, um, this is amazing news right now. Um, but we can't, we still have to, we can celebrate, but we still have to be careful, right? Things can be reversed way too quickly. And even if they're not, he still has two years in which he's still, he's not allowed to leave the country and a lot can happen and change in two years. So yes, we are 100% keeping an eye on his case for the duration of his um, internal exile. Um, but this was amazing news. This happened on my birthday. And so I was celebrating. I was like, this is the best birthday present ever. And I was joking <laughs> with, um, 
Babak, for those who don't know, he's the co-host on the uh, Persian show and his birthday is next week. And I was like, oh my God, it's okay. We're going to, we're going to share this as our birthday present. Uh, We were both (laughs) celebrating together. It was really cute. (laughs) All right, let's move on to the next news. Can we clap for the next news? Um, Yes, I just thought this was hilarious. (laughs) Okay, next news. Next news. Unveiling of new unisex hijab sparks backlash. (laughs) What? Milan Fashion Week. The fashion brand called the United Colors of Benetton released a new fashion innovation headpiece dubbed the unisex hijab. The headwear is part of the fashion company's collaboration with the Tunisian-Italian rapper Gali Amdouni. The piece was met with backlash online. Ex-Muslim activist Yasmin Mohammed commented on the headwear saying, quote, now men can also cover their shame. No need for them to be walking around like immodest and naked like animals. (laughs) Hashtag equality. According to the company's website, their collaboration with Gali aims to promote, quote, creativity and dialogue with the new generation. Gali stated that he is tired of hearing how everything Arab or Tunisian is associated with negativity. And he defended the unisex hijab, saying that it represents the diversity of Europe. Is, is it working, doses? Do you feel less attracted to this man because of the hijab? Actually, You're- yes. Because the way that it <laughs> face is really bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you're saying you you're saying you see his hair, but then it goes mm. right under the lip. It covers the chin, goes under the lip, but you can still see the hair. It's confusing. It's it's the fit under the lip that makes it awkward and unattractive for me. Mm. So are you are you able to control yourself now? <laughs> <laughs> Would you have would you have attacked this man b- without his hijab before he put this on? Honestly, no, no, I probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Think of a man that you would attack publicly if you saw them in a, in you know and you couldn't control yourself, and then imagine them putting this on. Would it work? Would you then be able to control yourself after you see them without hijab? Yes. Okay, so you're saying this? You and you you endorse this? I endorse this the it's, it's, it's effective. <laughs> um, I wonder what the what would the be what would the be, what would be the Islamic um, reaction to this? Like, if you are an actual like Islamic scholar, I think the reaction to this be would be this is ridiculous because. Men and women are built differently. They're psychologically different. Uh, women are not as horny as men are, which is it shows you what kind of woman they hang out with. It's um, a lie. But it's a, so that's a lie. Um, and, and therefore, you know, men don't need the protection that women do, okay? Um, or e- even, even if, okay, here's the thing. Maybe if I want to steal my them, they would like, even if women be as horny as men, okay, even if they be that horny, they physically would not be able to force a man into bending into their ways. Okay, I'm trying to be PC here so that we don't get like a strike or anything. Um, 
and therefore men will never be in danger even if like you if even if a woman sees a man that she's like uncontrollably attracted to and she can't contain herself she technically doesn't have she doesn't have the physical power to be able to force herself upon him and that's why men would not require the hijab okay so and that's why this is like ridiculous and this is not islamic and this is um fetishizing islamic this is oh this is cultural appropriation right this no, is no it's using... not because he's tunisian like he's from a muslim background oh crap um you tried it <laughs> yeah Th those blue eyes didn't wait is that it what is that on his on what is is that the that's brand, the logo that... that's the rapper's logo so this is remember what? this is a collaboration with a mm -hmm. tunisian italian rapper Okay, so cultural appropriation. I think actually having a logo on the hijab is like something that's not okay because that was a big controversy when Nike was releasing like sportswear hijabs because it had a Nike logo on it. Or maybe that was more because Nike no. is a pagan god. Name of a no, Nike is a pagan god. That's why you can't have that. Mm. Is it is that the moon and the the, the crescent and the star? Is that like no? It it's like it's a... like a G that has. Um, oh kind of a weird design to it because his name look at him so look at him the way he's looking he's so well that's proud not of the rapper idea. that's just a model i'll oh, show you let me show you the actual rapper okay so this is, Kelly. <laughs> this is him he's wearing in his he's wearing his uh his unisex hijab oh my god he you features know, it a lot in a lot of his um in a lot of his posts so you can see him wearing it here hmm. and see the fit of it is so weird the way it fits on the face is so unattractive but ghost bunny is saying it's just a balaclava like yeah it's just it's like a ski mask like this why is pretty is it normal. why i'm not gonna lie the material the of it does look very comfortable hmm. it does look comfortable I do, I do, I do support this. I think like when they do this, more people are going to be talking about what the point of hijab is. And the more you talk about what the point of hijab is, the more people realize how this is modesty culture. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like in this, I mean, okay, so he actually, this is really good. This is really good. Okay. Okay. Here because you can see a, a woman wearing it. Hey, I'm speaking. Don't interrupt me. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, this is really good because because um, a lot of Westerners support the hijab for saying that this is their culture. How do, how dare you criticize their culture? Okay, and we be okay. So now you have Tunisian rapper, like okay, I'm Tunisian and this is our culture. And now you see the backlash to it towards it, and the backlash towards it highlights what hijab is actually about. This is not just culture. Hijab has a purpose, right? This is not celebrating some customs and traditions that is just like local and it's just a beautiful thing to celebrate. It has a goal. It, it's intended to accomplish a job, okay? And when you see like, okay, so if you, had, if you have a job for women, what's the argument for not having a job for men? Now you get into the debate of what is the purpose of a job. And highlighting that, will bring more attention to the fact that this is oppressive, this is anti-woman, and this is the promotion of modesty culture. So I very much support this. Very much support this. What do you think? Um, 
I I just think it looks kind of ridiculous. Um, I think it was partially to promote his new single that he just put out called Voila. And it's actually a really good song. I was listening to it earlier. But what's interesting is that he has a paid partnership. This is another like Islamic influence thing. He has a paid partnership with McDonald's right now where he's turning the McDonald's logo into saying voila. As you oh can see God. here. I'm surprised there wasn't like backlash to that. Like, I mean, because voila is not that a symbolic of a thing in Islam. You think so? Yeah. Vikram is saying, I think everyone from of any yes, actually, this is so good, guys. We have to come up with uh, add them with their own narratives, right? So some people are like we're anti-hijab, and the counter they have to that is like we think everybody should be able to free to wear whatever we want. They want, and as, as if like we didn't say that they shouldn't be able to, we're just against it because of what it represents. Obviously, they have the right, okay? However, Let's use your own the people like because the argument for why you are pro hijab in in Saudi Arabia or in Iran is different from why you're pro hijab in Western countries. In Western countries, wearing the hijab becomes about freedom. Okay, and again, when from that aspect, yeah, we define your everyone's right to wear the hijab, but we just don't defend what hijab represents. Okay. However, given that we defend the right for everybody to wear the hijab, then you should. In that spirit, you should defend the right to for men to wear the hijab, right? So, yeah, let's let's like, are you? Where are the Muslim people? The Muslim, the Muslims in Western countries, that are the liberal Muslims in Western countries who were their their argument for defending the hijab was that this is a freedom for women to be able to choose what they want to wear. Would they now apply that same logic and defend this hijab? Because if they don't defend this hijab, we know that there was another reason behind the promotion of hijab, okay? Because if you say, no, I'm for women being able to choose whatever they want, but I'm against this, then you're a hypocrite. You should be able to defend this exactly based on the arguments that you were defending hijab for women. So they come out and show, show us that you're consistent and defend this hijab as well as well. Why do women get the right to choose what to wear whatever they want and men don't? Hmm. This is I. I this is sexism. This is anti-male sexism. By the way, <laughs> I'm noticing anti-male sexism in the live chat. Why are people coming at me when when Susie uh, interrupts me and I tell her not to interrupt me? Why are people coming at me? But when I interrupt Susie. Um, and I like, oops, I, I shouldn't have interrupted Susie. People are like, oh yeah, it's so good. Guys, this is equality. Okay. See, we already made, we already made Susanna the CEO. Okay. Don't come at me with this whole white knighting Susie. Okay. I don't, I don't accept this. Okay. <laughs> Susie is, <laughs> I don't understand. Look at this. People are just taking your side because, because you, this is sexism. This is absolute sexism. <laughs> This is sexism from our own community. Where are the people who defend me? Because when they I'm don't getting... like you telling me to shut up. I didn't tell you to shut up. I just said, okay. I would let me finish. I just told you to <laughs> let me finish. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, it is true. People are way more sensitive about someone saying that to a woman than to a man. Um, mm. But we talk to each other like that all the time. You um, guys, the people who are, the, you guys better come to my defense as well, okay? Like, the, not just Susie. This is like some, this is some hypocrisy. 
You know, <laughs> I, if I, call- say, I got you, Armin. Susie, no interrupting, <laughs> Armin. Watch out. Thank you. Thank you, Vikram. Thank you. There you go. Finally. It was, it was, uh, it was International Men's Day yesterday. Okay. I need to, I need to shape up. And you didn't, it was International Men's Day yesterday, and you didn't even send me one single message of Happy Men's Day, Armin, or anything. Nothing. Because you missed our board meeting. I was, I was saying that to the rest of the board. <laughs> Amazing. Guys, happy Men's Day to me and everybody, all the other men in the live chat. Please, everybody. Yeah, like, okay, Bikram saying same for Army. Yes. Um, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Guys, happy Men's Day, everyone. Ha- belated happy Men's Day. Anyways, let's continue. I'm kidding, by the way. What are we doing? We love Susie here, okay? This is all joke. We love each other. It's all all love, baby. It's all love. The crumbs say all men are kings. (laughs) Happy men. If you're part of the public community, you are a king. Yes, yes. Um, Oh, like music guy saying, Armin too busy at the gym to join the board meeting. Guys, I was joking. He actually didn't have to attend. No, it's not that I didn't have to attend. I shouldn't have attended because I'm not on the board. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not on the board. That's why I didn't attend Atheist Republic's board meeting because I am not on the board. I'm not. Why would I insert myself there? Okay, just because I'm the founder, that doesn't mean I have to insert myself where I don't belong. Okay, I on purpose did not join. <laughs> where I don't belong. I'm not used to hearing Norman talk this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the we we know, we know it's okay. All right, let's go to can we clap for the next news? Um yeah, sure. Okay. Next news. Next news. Catholic Church begins tracking rising vandalism. The United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, or USCCB, has recently begun tracking vandalism and other forms of attacks on Catholic churches and monuments across the country. They have created a dedicated section on their website that lists all the incidents of vandalism and other forms of attacks on Catholic sites. According to their website, since May 2020 alone, there have been 111 reported incidents of such attacks. Aside from the sites and statues vandalized with various hateful messages, other incidents listed by the USCCB included arson, religious statues that have been beheaded and shattered, defaced gravestones, and other forms of property damage. Um, Cardinal Timothy Dolan of New York and Archbishop Paul Coakley of Oklahoma issued a joint statement calling for dialogue between the church and the perpetrators to discuss the message of the Catholic church, adding that quote, where misunderstanding of our teaching has caused anger towards us, we must offer clarity, but this destruction must stop. God, they must be loving this. Who like, if you're a part of this, you're watching, you're a moron. Okay. First of all, this is illegal, right? And so cut that crap out right away. And also, if you think you're hurting the Catholic Church with this, you have no idea how much you're helping them. Do you know how much they would love to shift the discussion from abusing children or like the crimes that they committed, you know, that has been in Canada that is just 
recently being unearthed more than ever literally unearthed um and yeah what well, i'll get dark but you, do you know how much they would love, love, love to shift the discussion to the fact that people are like vandalizing our churches and like poor us, look at us, people are being mean to us. You are shifting the narrative. Don't make these, don't make these, I'm trying not to swear. Don't make these people the victim, okay? They are the oppressors. Don't make them act like they're being wronged, okay? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? The, the Catholic Church is on the, on the way down. They're losing their popularity. People are hating on them more than ever before. This is the only thing that they have. You vandalizing their churches is other than the fact that it's immoral and illegal and you shouldn't do it. But also from strategic perspective, this is the only thing they have now to hang on to to act like they're the victims. Like, stop, cut it out. Who's doing this? God damn it. Is it the Catholic Well. It's interesting because as as I said, um, they started tracking this since May 2020. Now, if you go back in your brain, you will remember that after the death of George Floyd, there was, I mean, just huge amounts of property damage and arson. I mean, America had a freak out moment. Let's let's just say that. And it also in, it evolved into a larger national conversation of race relations and also how that occupies the public space. Um, and this then snowballed into a discussion of um, public statues for Confederate figures. But then people also started having conversations about um, public statues of missionaries. Um, and other um, people who brought Catholicism and Christianity to the Americas at the expense of um, at the expense of indigenous peoples, their culture, and also just their lives. So a lot of the vandalism, particularly in California, and this is what I'm most familiar with, centers around, and vandalism of statues of um, Father Junipero uh, Serra, um, who founded mo uh, just a series of missions down the California coast, um, was it an, a, like an appointed inquisitor of this Spanish Inquisition, and is just notorious for his role in brutalizing um the natives in every locality in which he would set up missions, um, in, including some reports or evidence of like forced labor, his attitudes towards um, the in indigenous people are just horrible. And people are taking this moment to highlight this. And so in my city, they were tearing down statues of Father Junipero uh, Serra. Um, tearing down as in illegally or like getting voting fully illegally getting... full vandalism oh. either just ripping them off um podiums or what um activists in my area tend to do is they will um at night they will take red paint and cover the statues in red paint as if it's blood and then the city will clean it and they'll keep going back and they will just keep covering these statues with quote-unquote blood until the city makes the calculation that it is more expensive to continue to clean and protect these statues. And, it, and then they're like, it's just too expensive. We're just going to take it down. 
So that's one way in which, um, uh, act agitators in my area, um, try to exploit the system to, to get, um, monuments that they, they don't like removed. Um, mm. it, it, this also ties into largely a, um, conversation, uh, that's happening nationally about land back, um, the land back movement in terms of returning lands or honoring treaties, um, to indigenous groups. Um, but also some of the, the vandalism, either there is no message that comes with the vandalism. And this is based off what they're saying. Either there's no message that comes with the vandalism or arson or break-ins, um, or it references, um, the bad things that the church has done to children. I'm going to say, because the YouTube algorithm is sensitive. We all know what I'm talking about. Um, or, um, it will reference, uh, the church's stance on abortion there's been a lot of graffiti about um, the anti-abortion stance from the church or um, uh, decolonization messages are often those contained within the church. And so I find it interesting how they're like, we need to have dialogue with these perpetrators to talk about the true message of the church. But for, for the acts of vandalism in which we have some sort of clear message, it's very clear that it's about the legacy of the Catholic church. Um, there was another academic who was, took the kind of a more, um, analytical approach to looking at this problem by saying that Catholicism is the most visible religion in America. So we're actually, we don't have the majority of Christians in this country, but we have the most, the most public, um, buildings, statues, monuments, etc. And then he also was talking about how there's been heightened scrutiny over Catholicism because our president right now is the second Catholic president we've ever had. Um, so there's increased intention on the teachings of the church because of that. I think the dialogue should be when is your court date and when are you going to jail? Like like the entire, all the upper staff of the Vatican, like all every single one of them should be have a court date. And you know, and like this, like there is no dialogue to be had. You are criminals or you're supporting criminals or you are potentially supporting criminals and you should all be arrested and you should all be have a court date. If you're innocent, that would be determined in court. I think that's the dialogue. There's no, like, we, there's no, like, this is not, they think like this is a philosophical debate over like, oh, what are the morals? You committed crimes or you're supporting criminals. You, there is no dialogue here. You need to be arrested. Your entire organization, this is a legal matter. This is not a philosophical discussion about like the, the uh, theology or moral philosophy or the values of the church. You are criminals. This is a criminal organization. This, the, the fact that you are still standing and there's not an international attempt to shut you down and put every single one of the leaders into in jail, the fact that you have survived this far, it's it, it's in the, an indication of how powerful, how destructive the forces of uh, superstition and religion and, and, and the, the privilege that religion enjoys even still is. Like no other organization, no other institution will be able to uh, survive this long in 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 the civilized world with the amount of crimes that the, this organization is responsible for true this is why this is I, why it's so yeah go on 
I well, mean, ironically, I, a statement from the church said, we continue to pray for the conversion of those who carry out such, such acts of desecration against our church's statue and religious symbols. Clearly not understanding that, especially the acts of vandalism that are motivated in protest. I mean, it's a radical form of protest that I don't support to the, the, the colonizing force that the Catholic Church played in this continent. Um is it's it's a resentment, a deep resentment and hatred towards those forced conversions. And here they're like, we pray for their conversion of the people who desecrated this. Meanwhile, there yeah, are okay. people. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you finish. Um, this is a particularly big issue in Ca Northern California right now, which um, more radical indigenous rights activists have are under fire right now. And there's court felony vandalism charges um, about them taking down such statues and um, vandalizing them and such. And um, some people from this group, they say that this is an act of healing for them. Like, the way that their ancestors and their sacred lands and their sacred traditions were ransacked and desecrated. Like for them, it's healing to have this act of retribution. That's not something that I support, but it just the complete um, lack of like understanding from church officials about where this is coming from. It was quite mm. striking to me. It's like, do you have no self-awareness about why someone might yeah. like you know feel real anger? Actually, that's very important to note because, you know, as much as we come here and say we're, you know, again, we are against vandalism, we're against illegal, but this is like a something minor that we're against compared to what the church does. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, you know, I'm happy to change my mind because on, on this, because there are examples in history of civil disobedience, um, breaking of the rules that you know, managed to get some good results, okay? I don't think this is an example of that. I think the church uh, feeds on victimhood, so I don't think this will have the intended results. This is a great distraction from the, for the church. Um, however, as much as, like, we're going to be like, oh, yeah, we're against the vandals and they're doing something wrong, this is, guys, these are statues, okay? The church molests children, okay? This is not, and kills children, okay? This is not even comparable. Like, we can't be like, this is not the two sides. This is not like, oh, the church is bad, but so are these vandals. You're you're doing, you're just as bad as them. They're evil, but you're so, this is not even comparable, okay? These are people who are throwing paint, paint at, at, at statues, okay? At, while the church is responsible for murder of thousands of little kids, okay? And molesting hundreds of thousands more so not even remotely the same thing one of them is like that's bad we don't condone it uh we don't accept it the other one is pure evil okay pure evil so not let's not put them in the same category damn right <laughs> you, you said it i'm just gonna take a step back <laughs> Do you want to highlight anything in the live chat or say add anything while I get the next news? Um, let me do a quick browse. Um, no. Cool, 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 cool. All right. Um, can we clap for the next news? Um, yes. Next news. Next news. Lawsuit exposes international Hindu trafficking in Hindu temples. 
a recent expansion to a lawsuit originally filed against a New Jersey temple of the Hindu organization, uh, Bochas San Wasi Akshar Purushottam Swami Naranyan Sam Samtha, or I'm just going to call it, it's BAPS. What just happened? BAPS. Uh. BAPS is the acronym. So we're going to call it BAPS for short. Has okay. so a lot an expansion to a lawsuit originally filed in New Jersey against BAPS has revealed a human trafficking scheme that spans across oceans in five U.S. states. The lawsuit now also includes BAPS affiliated temples in California, Illinois, Texas, and Georgia. The organization is accused of luring mostly Dalit, known as the Untouchables, uh, mostly Dalit men from India and making them work in grueling conditions for little more than $1 per hour. BAPS brought the workers to the United States under R1 non-immigrant religious workers visas, which are intended for individuals who work in religious capacities, not manual labor. The death of a worker known as Mohal Lal triggered a worker strike against the unsafe working conditions. Workers claimed their passports were stolen, that they were forced to live and work in a garden compound, and threatened violence if they left unescorted. The lawsuit triggered a federal raid on the New Jersey property, and three U.S. federal agencies are involved in the investigation, including the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, and the Department of Labor. This is, in, I couldn't believe, this is in the U.S.? Yes, Hindu Hindu temples are taking trafficking people from the Dalit from Dalit the lower caste from yes. India to United States as slaves. Yes, and this is one dollar an hour in the U.S. Like this is like I thought like one dollar an hour like in India like wow this is slavery this is and the fact that they're doing like it can't get any more hindu than this the fact that they're doing this to the to the outcast to the dalit community like it's so hindu like this is like they're using the temples and they're doing this to the lower caste community like if you know how like sometimes we try to be charitable and be like is this actually about religion or is this something else like this can't get more religious Yes, not this. only is it are they doing it to the Dalit community, but I should mention that they're also doing it to the Adivasi community, who are known as the tribals, like the original indigenous people of India who are um, have a contentious relation with Hinduism. Sometimes they fall outside of it. Sometimes when it's convenient, they try to say, oh, yes, you are Hindu. Um, but yes, these the, in India, they're known as... Um, the uh scheduled tribes and castes which so, means so like both of the both of the cat both of the casteless communities basically yeah both of the communities that don't fall into any of the hindus and caste system um amazing and but guys the reason why they can do this to the outcasts the casteless society uh, community is because they are the ones that they're the most vulnerable they're the easiest to take advantage of uh go on this was a quote from a, a New Jersey um, newspaper saying the suit, the lawsuit says that BAPS intentionally recruited workers from scheduled castes. I explained what that was and also known as Dalits and other marginalized communities in India in order to maintain control over them. In India, 
people belonging to this caste are referred to as untouchables, who are in, endure near complete social ostracization. BAPS used this to its advantage, the complaint says, by referring to the workers as worms and continuously reminding them of their perceived place in the social hierarchy. Wow. So they use caste language, you know, Hindu language, caste language as a way to put put them in their place. Yes, and justified Guys, it religiously. You know how we keep saying like Islam endorses slavery and, you know, as if slavery is allowed in Islam. Um, you know, there's hadith for it. There's a Quran verses that shows that um, and Christianity you know, Judaism and Christianity also have scripture uh, that shows that they endorse slavery and the defense of the Muslims and the Jewish people and Christians are like, that was for back then. We don't endorse slavery today anymore. That was back then. The norms were different back then. The situation, the standards were different. Well, at least, apparently, apparently Hinduism has came along and says, hold my cowpiss because I will, because <laughs> I will bring, I will, I will, I will have, I will endorse slavery today, today based on modern standards in the United States of America. By the way, I want to congratulate, like, can we, like, is this like a, how is, is this a FBI and every other organizations? Like, did they manage to catch this soon? Like, is, was this done? So there, there was a federal raid on the property the was, same day that this lawsuit was filed, but it wasn't okay. filed by a federal body. Okay. We do know that the FBI, the DHS and the DOL are investigating, but we do not know if it is a criminal investigation. Okay. Let me make that clear. We do not know if there's a federal criminal investigation. It's just has been reported that these three different federal bodies are investigating. Um, I, one, wait, this is a hilarious comment by Mia. Hindus treat lower castes worse than dirt. Also, Hindus, the caste system was introduced by the British. No, they would say Britishers. Yeah, also, that's a lie. The caste system is ancient and it's in it's in the original scripture, it's in the Vedas. They're like they're very, very old. It's actually you can see that in scripture in Hindu scripture, very ancient Hindu scripture, specifically detailing um how every cat where which what's the position of every caste is. But yeah, go on. What's particularly disturbing is so a number of the people who are um claimants in the original uh lawsuit are no longer residing in the US. They've gone back to India. But what's so disturbing is that numerous workers who used to work on these properties in New Jersey um, have they they went back to India and died shortly afterwards, possibly mm. because of the ill treatment that they received on these properties. Now, so we actually covered this story when it first happened back in May. Um, mm -hmm. But what happened now is that this lawsuit has been expanded and it's been revealed that it's not just happening in New Jersey. It's happening in other BAPS affiliated um, temples wow. across the entire country. Like I said, California, Georgia, Illinois, and what was the last one? Um, Texas. And what's also should, this is so important. This is so important. They are heavily affiliated in with Narendra Modi, the prime minister of India. 
And they have this organization, which is one of the largest Hindu sects in the world, um, has pledged almost $300,000 to go towards building a temple on top of the demolished Barbary Mosque um, mm. in uh, Adyohia. I can never say that right, which is a highly, highly contentious religious site in India, which um, I'm going to talk a little bit more later in the news show. But like it's that's I feel like that's really, really important to highlight. Um, and the lawyers on behalf of BAPS, they try to say that. So not only is there like labor trafficking accusations there's also immigration fraud accusations and they're trying to say that oh actually federal agencies like they were totally fine with approving r1 visas for um these um many of these laborers were like stonemasons um or like carvers or sculptors and they're like oh yeah the federal agencies were doing this for a whole, like for a long time they're totally fine with it they would investigate like the property and where they were living all the time and they never saw a problem um but since then the feds raided the biggest temple i think i think it's the biggest temple the new jersey one actually don't quote me on that i think i might be wrong i think the biggest one might be in texas um and now uh, I believe all the workers have left that property. I'm not, I'm not sure where they are now. Many of them have returned to India. Um, what well, can we, well, okay. Based on everything you've seen, like was, uh, you know, was the FBI like and Homeland security and department of labor and everybody else involved, were they like responsive? Were they like, as soon as they got a reports of this or did they ignore this like how would you rank their effort i just want to see if i could say like congratulations or like boo like yay or boo um i don't know enough to be able to give okay. you an accurate fair? answer That's to fair. that That's i good, would good say that this is pure speculation but the fact that they raided on the same day that the lawsuit was filed they probably had some form of heads up. That's a, mm -hmm. that's complete that's speculation, but like that, that can't be a coincidence. Right. And I like, you know, I mean, I can criticize the feds on a lot of things, but <laughs> like they, they are very particular when they take action. Right. Mm -hmm. And they have, they, because they are a federal body, they have a high standard for when they can actually take these kinds of actions. So again, yeah. my own speculation uh, or based on my knowledge, like I think that they had, um, they it's wouldn't have done something like that, that these... so severe if they didn't have, a, they have a high burden of proof. I just want every single one of these people in this Hindu organization to just like get in trouble for this because this, like the fact that they thought they could get away with this is unbelievable. You know what I mean? I just want there to be made clear that this is not. This is not how this you, you can't do this. You can't do this. I hope like what made them feel like they can get away with this? Like, is there a loophole? Like, is do we do we have precedent for other people getting away with it? By the way, I do want to criticize Mia a little bit here. Saying Mia is saying the woke are complaining about slavery in America. I guess they were right after all. Only the, they were targeting the wrong people. Mia, what are you talking about? Slavery in America, the slavery that you're referring to was is real and it was really bad in america and the no, effects think, of it i think mia's talking about modern day slavery as in like prison labor i know i think he, no no he's talking about the woke mentioning like the north atlantic slave trade 
and if you're saying that they're complaining about that, I mean that they they should be because the effect of that is still being felt today. So I don't want to like just because we have modern forms of slavery, that doesn't mean that you could completely dismiss the effect of. I mean that was like that was intense and insane. That was really bad. The North Atlantic slave trade is one of the worst examples of uh, slavery in history. Um, well, also, there is 100% just straight up slavery and human trafficking still happening in the United States. It's a global problem. Um, yeah, no, but Mia is saying it was, it no longer exists. That was what, it, what I mean. It wasn't, okay, Mia, but it wasn't that long ago. And that the, the effects of it on the community is multi-generational. So it, just because slavery is, doesn't exist, that doesn't mean you're not going to feel the effects of it today. Like, you know, poverty... A lack of education, lack of access to capital, these things, the effects of these do not just get wiped right after you make something illegal. It will, it, it, you know, just like wealth, the effects of wealth is multi-generational, the effect of poverty and la lack of access to resources and education and networks, that's also multi-generational. So you can't, you cannot completely dismiss the people who are um, still trying to highlight the effects of slavery today, right? It's not completely dismissible. Yeah, I also um, want to say that this is really interesting. This is a quote from the New York Times. The amended complaint, meaning this recent expansion to it, um, accused BAPS officials of violating state labor laws in the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, better known as RICO, which was created to go after organized crime. So now the lawyers in this, this expanded lawsuit are trying to paint and trying to get BAPS... Um, charged with organized crime. This is hefty. This is big. These are, um, and then it continues just for uh, clarity. There are hefty requirements to allow a lawsuit to move forward as a RICO case. Judges are reluctant to permit a state law claims to turn a, into a federal case by claiming that there has been a violation of the RICO Act. So that there's very high burden of proof there to get it um, to that high of a standard. But it's going to be very interesting um, to see how um, this this case evolves and just to be clear these are the claims presented in the lawsuit right like this this hasn't hit court yet there hasn't been a trial yet they have not been declared guilty yet we are reporting on what has been accused and what has been mm -hmm. alleged okay yes important disclaimer and um yes like I, when, when, mm -hmm, go ahead occam's razor would um lead us to believe that this happened however Occam's razor is not foolproof and in case we get updates that all of a sudden everything we assumed was wrong and all of these people were innocent um and none of this happened we will come up with a new news report and give you the correction however um again applying Occam's razor we will but for now go with what's most uh what's more likely yeah mm -hmm. but as with this news, just like with every other news, you always have to be skeptical. Yeah. Given that the fact that there was a federal raid on the property, um, mm -hmm. I'm going to give a fair amount of credence to these accusations. But like I said, because this has not had its day in court yet, the details could change. Right. Okay. Um, this is so funny. Like, no, 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 no. Let me comment. This response to this is so funny. Um, Sneha is saying so innocent till found guilty. A few minutes ago, Armin was pronouncing them guilty. I still do because I uh, this is not a court of law, okay? 
this is we're working based on probabilities and we will also declare our skepticism which always applies our skepticism applies to every single news every single news that we report here could potentially be wrong we always say that and if we find that it was wrong we'll come up with a correction we just go we just respond to the news as it, with the most likely scenario when you say innocent or found guilty that is the standard that you apply if you are a judge sitting in a goddamn court, okay? We're not the state. <laughs> yeah, we're not the state. You can, if you have to apply that standard when it comes to commentary on everything in, the, in your life, then the level of skepticism will make it so ins insanely impossible for you to have any opinion on anything. Do you understand how ridiculous of a standard that is for, our, for daily commentary on things? Just know that we apply some level of skepticism to everything, but then we use Occam's razor and we respond to the things with the most like, given what what is the most likely thing that is happening. And again, you have to be skeptical yourself. And you know, when we report to the news, we're basing it on what is being reported, and we are very happy to come. And we will be actually, we would be very proud of coming and saying, oh, actually, that news was wrong, and here's a correction. We would love the opportunity to do that because it will show that we're honest with you. If we report on something and then the um, so a contradictory information comes out, we would be like, yes, Susie, let's go and show people that how honest we are by showing them that, oh, that news that we reported was wrong. So guess what? If this comes out and it's wrong, we will have a new segment on it, okay? And yeah, but so by now we just go what's the most probable because our opinion is not going to determine the reason why the standard is different in the court of law is because these people's lives depend on it, whether they go to jail or not go to jail. Okay, the entire justice system depends on it, it doesn't depend on my opinion and Susie's opinion. So it's easier for us to treat things based on what is the most probable outcome rather than what is the most 100% provable. Okay. We go, we apply outcomes razor. Okay. This is what's being reported. We're going by that. Yeah. I just wanted to point out a few things. One, the fact that they steal these workers' passports, like, makes this slavery. Like, this is what they mm. do to immigrant workers in Qatar. Like, horrible practices. Um, second, um, <laughs> this makes me laugh so hard. Hindutva Susanna, who I think I know who was behind this Hindutva Susanna account. Okay, so, so Hindutva Susanna is parodying what a Hindu, Hindutva person would say. Say, Christian missionaries would do the fa same fake lawsuit thing when we build temples in India. <laughs> and um, liberal, oh, you um, it, okay. liberal Bengali Hindu is saying, shame on BAPS because of them. Some of the activists will start targeting Hindus in the United States. I I don't think so at all. I, I don't think so at all. Frankly, mm -hmm. um, uh, Hinduism isn't really on the radar in the United States um, in terms of like a national dialogue or um, I mean, sure that in a, in a country where you're a religious minority, people say dumb stuff and probably have some prejudice and ignorance towards Hindus. But um, I, there, I highly doubt that there will be any effort to target or um, blame all Hindus for this action. Um, this is about a specific mm. organization. Um if and, if Hindus if Hindus get targeted um, for being Hindus, me and Susanna will come and defend, like be on oh my the God, side of, of defending. Yeah, and you um, had something else you wanted to say? 
Yeah, two things I want to highlight because this is really funny. Sneha is saying, okay, then I wait, I wait, I wish I think you say. I hope that the temple files a libel case against you. I hope so too, as well, Sneha. That would be fantastic. We would have so much fun with that. Please get in touch with them and tell them to do that. Oh my God, that would be beautiful. Yeah, us as well as the <laughs> New York Times, the Associated Press, Al Jazeera. <laughs> no, do, do you know? Do you know how much that would benefit us? Now, how you have no idea. This is why Hendutva doesn't get how much their attacks on us has benefited us. Like it has benefited us so far. Like they never learn. They never understand. But also, this is very funny. There have been. By, by the way, okay, so actually let me read this. Snaha is saying, there have been many times before when your news has been found wrong about India. Example, when you reported about a Muslim being harassed by Hindu uh, when police found it was over an amulet. Actually, every time we check, like the things that you're saying, when we check, like this is a whole bunch of Hindutva getting butthurt over um, us actually reporting the news accurately. And they believe in conspiracies, and they they only they only come yelling fake news when their precious religion is being targeted. And many times when we actually checked if the news was correct, we when they come out in the comment section and told us that we have been reporting fake news, we went back and checked, and many times actually we were reporting it correctly. Okay. However, um, it's possible that sometimes we get things wrong. Okay. If we do notice it, we will come and. Um, correct it, okay? So actually here, Sneha, we will recheck the story for you, and if it's incorrect, we will come and report it. However, I do know that many times, many, many times, when we double-checked, when Hindutva in the comment section told us that we are reporting fake news, we double-checked, and they were believing the fake news, and we were reporting the accurate news. So there we go. Um, but again, not always. Obviously, we're not going to be perfect. Okay, so... Susan, do you want to add anything or do you want us to? No, I was just looking into that news. Um, yeah. We will look. Uh, look what final thought is that we are going to be following this lawsuit because this is a huge story. And um, yes, I, I said that when this was filed in May, this is the update. Mm. We're going to be keeping an eye on it. Actually, that's very interesting. Okay. So all the people like Sneha who are claiming that this is fake news. Okay. So if we notice actually that something we reported was wrong, we will come and we will fix. We will tell people that what we reported was wrong. Okay. But what are the chances of the people who are saying this is fake news? If all of a sudden these people are found guilty and the reports are accurate, what are the chances that Sneha is going to come into the show? Guys, you were right. I was wrong. Like what are the chances of Hindu for coming out? Like, oh yeah, this was like, this is like a legitimate thing you guys reported. You guys were correct. And we were, it was, it was, I was wrong to doubt you. And I was wrong to doubt the story. I, I just assumed that everything anti Hindu, Hindu, anti Hindu must be a conspiracy theory. And I should maybe have better standards that just being so sensitive and defensive makes sense. Like, what are the chances of them coming in? They, they, they would not come and do that. Okay. So now maybe you will prove us wrong. We'll see. Um, okay. Can we clap for the next news? You're muted. Um, sure. All right. Next news. Next news. Hindu devotees bathe in toxic Yamuna River. So a lot of people in our community wanted us to talk about it. So we're covering it this week. On November 10th, Hindu devotees gathered on the banks of the hazardously polluted Yamuna River in New Delhi to celebrate Chath Puja as the water of the river was covered in toxic foam. The foam is so plentiful that it gives the river the appearance of being covered in snow and ice glaciers. On Toth Puga, Puja, 
the devotees uh, take what is supposed to be a self-cleansing dip uh, in the Ganges River, including its tributary rivers. Unfortunately, the Ganges and its tributaries, including the Yamuna, have some of the most are are some of the most polluted rivers in the world. Factories and other industrial plants are known to dump their waste directly into the river, despite government regulations. Unfazed by health hazards due to the polluted water, some people stood knee-deep reciting prayers while others submerged themselves completely and drank the water. One devotee told reporters, What fear? If we are scared, then how can we pray? Wow. Wait, what is this foam? What is the foam? So um it's it's just caused by pollutants um that's how bad it is that it yeah. foams and they're yeah. like going inside of it yes what's gonna happen to them um actually i found like third... uh let me look up really quickly uh because i found a report of like what this could do to you it said something about um communal i mean not communal, <laughs> neurological problems this is such a visual illustration of how what religion considers cleansing is literally the opposite. Like when you consider washing yourself in toxic water as cleansing. So like what religion considers clean and pure and you know, they consider what's clean and pure, literally washing yourself in toxic water. What is she doing? What is this woman doing? She's she's standing in the water and she's like assembling these little leaves on the banks is, in this little why like line. Oh, I don't know what that, it represents, look, but it's got to represent look, something. Look, she's like so busy making that thing, and all of a sudden the reporter comes and she's like surprised that the reporter's look at her. She's well, like, yeah, it's like a my... shrine, I guess. She's making a shrine next to toxic water. And she's like, what are you doing, lady? Are you okay? Um, but guys, given that given that cleansing yourself in toxic water is considered cleansing and purifying, then you should, you, you, does it work the other way around? So things that they consider unpure and evil and dirty are probably good things, right? So this is when, when Hindutva and like other religious people come and tell you that, oh, your blasphemous art is like evil and degenerate and unclean, okay, and, you know, dirty, then you have to know, like, this is what they consider clean. So these are the standards that we're dealing with. But go on. Yeah, I mean, well, this issue with the Ganges and the high levels of pollution and also just the air quality in Delhi in general, I mean, this has been going on for a really long time. This isn't anything new. But um, so from the Hindustan Times, poisoned by tons of sewage, industrial and domestic waste, the Yamuna in Delhi is frothing, one of the signs of the uh, exceptionally high levels of pollution in the river. Um the visuals of devotees taking a dip in the froth-filled waters of the Yamuna River sent chills down the spines of residents of Delhi and worried environmentalists. Um, while the BJP leaders alleged that the AAP government, that's like local government, um, did not allow Choth celebrations on the Yamuna banks to hide the pathetic state of the river, AAP's Gop uh, Gopal Ra Rai and Rajhav uh, Chadha blamed the government in Uttar Pradesh and Haryana for the frothing river. So it's government officials going back and forth and blaming each other. Um, 
What is the froth formation? This is a phenomenon that takes place on many lakes and streams. Foam bubbles are produced when organi organic matter decomposes. The foam produces molecules. Uh, have uh, Then it talks about it being hydrophonic and hydrophobic. Um, and then the bubbles float to the surface and gradually accumulate. What causes the froth? I the presence of the phosphates in uh, surf surface surf surfactants. God, I can't talk. In untreated sewage from the Delhi, Haryana, and Uttar Pradesh is a major reason behind the frothing in the river. Um, ba, 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 ba. What are the sources of river? Untreated sewage may contain soap detergent particles. The other sources include um, industrial waste, organic matter from decomposing vegetation, and the presence of uh, filamentous bacteria. The pollution from sugar and paper industries in Uttar Pradesh that travel through the Hindun Canal also cause the pollution in the Yamuna. What are the health hazards? Short-term exposure can lead to skin irritation and allergies. If ingested, these chemicals may cause gastrointestinal problems and diseases like typhoid. Long-term exposure can, to heavy metals and industrial pollutants can cause neurological issues and hormonal imbalances. And this is, um, I read somewhere that this Wait. river provides th three fourths of the water for Delhi in general. Um, and wow. this has major concerns, obviously, from environmentalists and health officials. Would they would they get something like this? Dude, I don't know. I, I think like that would they would literally have their an animal version of their gods and goddesses. If the fish turns out like this in the river, but what what do they do they do they use this what what is this water used for like for farming as well like obviously right so was, partially this, other than health hazards for individuals will this have any effect on the 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 plant the the farms also the animals don't animals i am not this? an environmentalist or biologist so i know i'm just i'm just thinking out loud the implications that this could have on the wildlife how long has this mm -hmm. been happening like i knew okay guys a lot of people are like oh this has been for a while okay i knew these rivers were polluted okay i thought pollution like dead people pollution because like of the um all the dead body burning that they do over there and dump them in the river and some of them sometimes it burned them ha like not completely and i thought like it will the implications was like for disease for people who live close to the water but if it's this toxic like look that is foaming like this it goes beyond just human and it was just going to like full circle back to humans because this could this ha this must again we don't know i'm not an environmentalist as well but this must have some really significant effect on on the whole environment not just the people who are washing themselves in it like what is India doing? Oh, what is that? Like oh, these are just more photos to show like how Whoa. big it is. Why is that person inside there? Is he suicidal? Like, do, do they not know what they're swimming in? Like, go to that other person that was just like lying there. Yeah, it's Look huge. At that. It looks like glaciers. Does India not have like environmental regulations when it comes to like polluting the most one of their most important rivers? I mean, yes. This is they, like a national treasure that they should be protecting, isn't it? Yes, and a lot of these industrial plants just violate these regulations. 
openly. It was kind of funny. I saw reports that the government was just spraying water at the foam to try to get it to go away. It's like, oh, honey, that's not going to. I I have a suggestion. I have a suggestion. Okay. Hmm. You ready? Okay. Indian government, maybe use some of the people who send, you send after us, after Atheist Republic, for gods, for drawing cartoons of your gods and goddesses. Maybe redirect some of the resources of all the people who are working in the government to take down our Twitter account and block our Facebook page in India and give us strikes on YouTube. Maybe use our resources to apply the, the same rules that you have on your books to the industries that are pollute that are violating your own rules to pollute your rivers. Like maybe, maybe instead of protecting your gods and goddesses, protect your protect, protect your rivers where you're with that your people rely on. You know, maybe maybe your priorities are misplaced. I, I have a I have a suspicion that your priorities are a little bit misplaced, where you think like you don't have enough manpower to go after the people who are polluting your rivers but you do happen to have enough manpower to go after people who are offending you for going after for making a beautiful sexy cartoon out off of your goddesses maybe maybe a little bit of waste of a tax taxpayer money i don't know like guys for people who don't know they have they have taken us all the way to the supreme court in india Okay, and they have filed, they have spent legal money and filing FIRs against us. And the government has actively been involved in shutting our website, blocking our Facebook page in India, and removing our Twitter account. So amazing. That's just so, the tip of good. the iceberg. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe, maybe if you cared about your river, um, a little well, bit more. Well, it's so ironic, too, because characters. it's. Yeah. It's my understanding that there are many people who actually treat the Ganges and its tributary rivers as a god. Like it yeah, is a living so, god. And this is how it's yeah. treated. But <laughs> so like we you... do a, a drawing that I think is just beautiful and artistic and all hell breaks loose. But right. what do you think Good. about the religious angle to this and not just like the environmental angle? Because I don't want people to think that we're covering this news as if Indians are just like dirty and smelly because that's not true and that's not oh like, no what, the what i believe but we have to be careful when we cover news like this because that could be like the message that some people are getting this is, guys this is not the the okay this is it's not dirty and smelly this is toxic okay this is not like a stereotype of the people this is like because the, when people want to be racist and bigoted they're talking about people who don't wash themselves okay this is not that okay this is like when we, people are like, oh, you people are dirty. They're, they're, they're talking about, you know, poor people or like people who don't have the capabilities to, they don't, it's not even their, people who are dirty. A lot of them, it's not their fault. They just don't have the resources. They don't have access to shower and access to a place that they could wash themselves or access to clean water or soap and stuff like that. This is not that. This is actively people do taking the time to wash themselves, but it's just toxic water. Okay. This is not like us trying to, um stereotypically like i didn't even think about that Susie, until like i had this like ill reaction to you even saying that obviously we're not trying to say that this is like this is religion this is religion this is okay so for us to make it clear that this is not about um some other people like telling all oh, these are dirty people we say the same thing about fecal matter in baptism you know in holy water Right. True. The fact that yeah. So I actually didn't know have, about that until recently. I, you told me that. I was like, what? 
Yes. So we have report like before Susanna joined their team when we had Atheist Republic News, we many times highlighted the fact that when you go to a church and you touch the holy water, you're and you touch it on your face, you're putting poop on your face. Okay. There's fecal matter in holy water in Catholic churches. Stay away from that thing. If you touch it, make sure you um sanitize your hand. That's that stuff is dirty. Okay. So if I say when people go to church and they touch holy water. That thing is dirty. That thing is could be filled with diseases, and be careful with that. We're not saying Catholics are dirty. We're not saying Catholics people don't wash themselves. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying this religious practice um, is is bringing dirty. You know, it's it's just dirty. It's disgusting. Okay, that's what we're saying. Damn it! Thank you By for way, highlighting. You completely yeah. turned into eight bit Armin. Oh, turn off. I'm gonna turn off my VPN. Give me a sec. Uh, but it was was that what did I say? Did it make sense though? Like was it um was it my audio cut or not? No, no, you I, we with... could still hear you. I yeah, I just I think it's important to highlight because um I have a lot of friends in India or from India, and I talk to them about how we talk about the country, um, because I'm a very self-reflective person and it's something that I care about, and I wanna be um uh, sensitive and thoughtful about the way I talk about these issues. Right. And that's the main thing that they say is like, you know, don't perpetuate like those stereotypes about like country or the people. Um, and so I, I just wanted to take a moment to say that, I mean, this isn't, um, entirely religious, uh, st story. Like this is a larger environmental story. I think for me, the religious aspect of this is that, um, I you kick almost cannot get a more visible sign of danger and like do not touch and right. people still feel compelled to go in and expose themselves to these risks and these harms because of superstitions that they've been brought up in. I do want to thank you for being mindful of us not um spreading bigotry, you know. Like this is why you're so valuable to have here. Like I was completely I was completely blind to us potentially doing that right now. So your awareness of it and mindfulness of that is so very, you, you know, helpful. So thank you for that. Like, oh, well, thank this you. is why, this is why sometimes maybe I have been not as good as being careful to not intentionally, like maybe sometimes like I said something that was like not at all intention trying to be bigoted in any way but people say that was irresponsible because even if i didn't intended it um, i should have been care more careful about how it could have been read right how could have it it could have you know as as a content creator you should be re held responsible for not just what you say but also not being mindful mindful enough of, of uh, how it could be perceived okay you are responsible for what your community takes not just what you intended to say so it's you, you know it's you are a lot more socially aware than I am, and you, it's, you know, I'm really grateful that you have you. Sneha is saying, it's a pretty old excuse that I have friends in India, and this proves that I am not a racist. And I know that I'm often with uh, Sneha is against us, but I will use this as an opportunity to, to say, this is not me trying to pull the, you know, I have an Indian friend card. Like, not that kind of situation. What I'm trying to highlight is that this is something that I actively think about. And I have a lot of friends from this country and I use them as a resource. Um, yep. And it's invaluable to me in the way that we cover it and talk about it on this channel. And um, 
I, I check in with them and I, I want to listen to what they have to say as well. Cause, um, if, if they had criticisms of me and I welcome it, um, I, I want to, I want to know. Sina, you're an idiot. Okay. You weren't even <laughs> listening to what she's saying. Okay. She didn't say I have friends in India, therefore I'm not a racist. You moron. She was saying, I have friends in India and I check in upon them to make sure that I'm reporting these accurately and I'm not misrepresenting Indian people or like trying to do more harm than good. That's what she was saying. She was saying like she relies on the resources she has to double check what she's saying. Not that she's not racist just because she has Indian friends. You're an idiot. Maybe pay attention before commenting. Yeah. In um, fact, I just blocked someone in the chat who was actually being just racist towards Indians. Cause that's uh, oh, not what I support here. Okay. But, um, Anyway, Randolph, we, oh, go ahead. Yeah, before, yeah, Randolph before. Richardson is saying, I've always had a good impression of Atheist Republic because I've spoken in person with Armin Navabi a few times, and I oh. know he values diversity as part of his opposition to bigotry. Heart. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you, Randolph. That's very sweet. Um, I have made this. <laughs> Susanna gives a polite response to a small bigotry. Armin, you're an idiot. <laughs> so typical. Typical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, part of part of not being a bigot is not to hold back just because somebody's supposed to be of a different race. Okay, treat treat everybody equal. Um, can we? Uh... I I bash everyone equally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I uh, can I clap for the next news? I uh, uh, I mean, it's not the worst news in the world, but I still don't want to clap for it. Um. Okay, that's not clap. Next news. You're so pixelated right now. Uh, next it's news. It's okay. Okay, good. Next news. Mosque vandalized in San Francisco. On November 12th, police responded to a report of vandalism at the Islamic Center of San Francisco, the oldest mosque in San Francisco and the first in the Bay Area. According to the report, members of the mosque were inside the building after Friday Juma prayers uh, when they heard the sound of glass being shattered. The police observed that a window had been broken by wait, a beer bottle that was wait, thrown wait. through the glass. We should wait. Nothing is on screen. I'm seeing it on my phone. Nothing is showing on screen. We should start from, we should wait for it. I think there's something wrong with my connection. Do you want to share your screen instead with it for this news? Because um, I'm actually seeing yeah, it on my phone. Right. Yeah, yeah. I can see it. We, I can see it too, but when I'm checking my phone, it's like nothing is showing. Look That's at this. Weird. Look, this is how it shows on the screen. Huh. Okay. Un momento. Maybe it's my connection. Yeah, you're struggling. You're on the struggle bus today over there, friend. Um, yeah. Okay. Am I picking? People of Atheist Republic, can you see this? In fact, let me check on my computer. Um, I'm good. Yep, I see it on my phone. Yours, well, yours shows mine. mine okay, so we're going to start over. Um, next news: on uh, a uh, mosque vandalized in San Francisco. On November 12th, police responded to a report of vandalism at the Islamic Center of San Francisco, the oldest mosque in San Francisco and the first in the Bay Area. According to the report, members of the mosque were inside the building after Friday Juma prayers when they heard the sound of glass being shattered. The police observed that a window had been broken by a beer bottle that was thrown through the glass. 
Uh, Shabazz Sheikh, a religious scholar and one of the Islamic Center of San Francisco's board members, said that the community is distressed by the incident, saying, quote, we're scared, we're uncertain, and we didn't understand what was happening. London Breed, the mayor of San Francisco, tweeted her support for the local Muslim community. Quote, when any community in San Francisco is attacked, we must stand together. And I stand in solidarity with our Muslim community, she stated. Um, so I wanted to talk about this news because I can actually provide a little bit of local insight into this. Um, so I thought this was, well, one, I wanted to cover this because uh, this is my area. So I, I know it well. And um, this is actually like fairly unusual for San Francisco. Something like this hasn't happened in a really long time, particularly to this mosque in this location. They said like, this hasn't happened for like almost like over 30 years. Um, and when I first heard about this news and I didn't know which location it happened at, I was actually skeptical at first because, um, frankly, <laughs> um, depending on what part of the city you're in, uh, someone throwing a bottle through your window might not actually uh, be anything that's targeted or anything that's unusual. Um, there are very few Islamic centers or mosques in the city. And, um, the ones that I am most familiar with are actually downtown in kind of a rough neighborhood, um, where, uh, someone, uh, just randomly destroying your property is not necessarily indicative of, uh, a bigotry. <laughs> um, and, but however, when I realized what mosque this happened at, um, I, I, I do actually think that this was a targeted attack. Um, this happened in uh, a neighborhood that I used to live in. Um, it's very quiet. It's a very residential neighborhood. It's south of the city. Um, there's like few cars driving around, very little foot traffic, just like homes, like highly residential neighborhood. And um, it's quiet. And so the idea of someone just like going around and bashing and breaking property is, uh, would be like fairly unusual in that area. It's not something that would typically happen. And, um, randomly the fact that they threw a beer bottle through it, like, I don't know, I, the way that the Muslim community that was being interviewed about it, talked about it, they did feel like that was very specific and targeted thing to vandalize their mosque with like they were talking about how the beer was actually um like pouring out all over their carpets and stuff when this happened um and it's really unfortunate like the there's a tiny muslim community in san francisco very small and um there's a larger presence in more of the east bay area um but that was more of a influence of more um like african-american islamic organizations like nation of islam and kind of like these mutant islamic organizations that off were offshoots and then later they became more actually islamic um yeah but the fact that this happens very bizarre and very weird and very unusual and i also wanted to talk about it because um it is as much as we um criticize islam on this channel very openly and very frequently. I do actually think it is a responsibility for us to talk about when Muslims actually are targeted and when they are um, victims and targets of hate. Um, so, yeah.
Well, thank you for bringing this to our attention. Oh, Be yeah, careful. of course. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. I actually found out about this from like a news agency completely outside of my area. And then I was looking mm. into it. And I was like, oh, what the what the hell? Like, I used to walk around here. Like, I know exactly where this is. Um, I used to walk by this mosque like all the time. Um, go for a, in, go for a visit. Go inside. <laughs> I wonder if they would let me in. I, I thought that non-Muslims can't go inside mosques. Okay, that's what I thought until I left Iran and I saw mosques inviting people in. I'm like, this is haram. Why are you letting non-Muslims inside the mosque? <laughs> so I think different people have different rules. Mm -hmm. But you know, but now in this day and age, you, you could find a mosque that does anything. Like I went to London, I found an LGBTQ friendly mosque. So you don't know. Like, yeah. Well, um, you said that, that was one of the first mosques you've actually almost gotten kicked out of. Yes, yes, I've been to many mosques, <laughs> and the only mosque that I ever almost got kicked out of it was this leftist woke, um, LGBT friendly. Again, nothing like I don't think like. By the way, I'm 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 pro, I'm pro LGBT. I'm hope I'm hoping people don't get the wrong message from what I'm saying, but I almost got kicked out for asking questions. I've never been I've never been kicked out of any mosque for asking questions except this mosque that was supposed to be the most tolerant one, which is amazing amazing funny. yeah mm. yeah we do have in in the bay area we do have some like they, they literally I, call them like radically inclusive mosques or like islamic communities but they're all in the yeah. east bay i'm pretty sure they would allow you in i just wonder if they i think the difference is whether they are the type of mosque that they would allow you in without wearing the hijab or the type of mosque that they allow you in asking you to wear the hijab yeah i'd be curious Whenever I would walk by there, the people walking or like walking into the building and kind of interacting with the building, like they did dress more traditionally. That doesn't necessarily mean anything, but I just like I noticed that. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the next news. Oh, hold on. Can oh, wait? This actually, next news is wild. Oh wait, I oh, have to do my screen. Well, actually, let me try. Let me try. Is it showing? Hold on, let me see if it's showing. For me, I know for for both of us it shows, but for others, oh no, it's not going to show. Okay, you share. Okay, one. What is wrong with my internet today? Am Dude, I still pixely? What is happening? Am I still pixely? You're you're not great. Mm. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh. Um. Here we go. Okay, next news. Over 500 Hindus threaten mass self-immolation over a comedy show. So this gets wild. On what? November 14th, a comedy club in Goa canceled controversial comedian Munwar Faruqi's sold-out show after over 500 Hindus threatened to set themselves on fire if he was allowed to perform. Faruqi became an international symbol of India's suppression of free expression earlier this year when he and four other artists were arrested for allegedly making, quote-unquote, indecent remarks against Hindu deities. Despite the police openly acknowledging that they had no evidence that Faruqi told such jokes, he spent 35 days in jail. This is my own commentary here, but I, this case, I believe, is motivated 
because of his Muslim background. After his release, extreme right-wing Hindu groups have continued to target Faruqi over his stand-up comedy, and numerous shows have been canceled after credible threats. Earlier this month, the Hindutva vigilante gang, Bajrang Dal, threatened to burn down a Mumbai venue if Faruqi continued his performance. While the militant Hindus attempt to stifle his domestic performances, their attacks have garnered an international audience for Faruqi. Okay, I don't appreciate the people in the live chat who are hoping that they follow through with this. That's not at all nice. I mean, this is ridiculous. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, some people are like, come okay, on, hell guys. No. What the? I mean, as uh, okay, so we're like, be, don't take, like seriously, guys, like these are p deluded people who don't deserve any of this. Come on, guys, don't say that. That's not, that's, that's I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they're not being serious, but still, it's not even, it's not even something to joke about. Um, yeah, yeah, Mia is like because he's Muslim, yes, yeah, because he's Muslim. They're like, guys, they went after Shah Rukh Khan because he's Muslim, they're going after his kids because he's Muslim. If Shah Rukh Khan is not immune, who is immune? Like, if that guy, that guy is like a god, that guy is the, the god of India, is Shah Rukh Khan, and they're like, he's like, you're Muslim, we're going to go after you. Like, nobody's safe, no Muslim is safe if that, if that level of celebrity status in bollywood still makes hindus go after you like the people that are the most dear the most celebrated the most loved figures in india they're they're becoming a target because of because because of their muslim background nobody if you're a muslim in india you're not safe okay like not even a muslim if you have a muslim background if you were ever a muslim if you had if you said if you have sat down with a Muslim, like, like it's getting really ridiculous. This is Pakistani level oppression. Okay. This is Pakistani level sensitivity. Like the way that the Pakistanis treat Ahmadis, hen the Hindus in India, like a lot, again, hashtag not all, many Hindus in India, they're like, can we please compete with Pakistan? Can we please, like, we are, like, we, we're not alpha enough. Like, we need to be more oppressive every day until we are exactly like Pakistan. Only then we will be satisfied. Go on. Yeah, it's it's really ridiculous. So the comedy club um, called the LVC Comedy Club um, released this statement. Um, Goa, unfortunately, Munawar Faruqi's Goa show is canceled as over 500 people have threatened to set themselves on fire. Yep, that's not a joke. That's an actual conversation I had today along with signed documents. After talking to local police, there's not much that can be done to avoid an incident of this nature. So this show won't be happening. So literally these people, my understanding is that these, all of these people like signed this document saying that we're going to set ourselves on fire if this show isn't canceled and they brought this to the police and then the police intervened and went to this comedy club and was like, you got, you can't do this. Like this is, they, they believed that this was credible enough. Um, what was so interesting to me is that I have a friend who actually went to go see one of, uh, Faruqi's comedy shows like a week before he was arrested. So she she actually saw his stand up set before he was arrested, and she was like, he didn't talk about like Hinduism at all throughout his comedy special. He was actually mocking Islam. 
he was making jokes about Islam in his comedy special. He was talking wow. about horrible like marriage practices in Islam. And so I was saying to her, I was like, isn't it so ironic that in this fervor over the allegation that he said something insensitive or hurt the sentiments of Hindus in some way, that these extreme right-wing people actually shut down someone who is criticizing their quote-unquote enemy of Islam. I thought that was so ironic and very telling because that's also something that they're doing to, to us. It's like, mm. but we enemy. actually have yeah. like very present and obvious criticism of Hinduism, according right. to other people. By enemy of Islam, yeah. I mean the, the enemy being Islam. That's that's what you mean. Yeah, in, yeah. in quotations. Um, yeah. I I just thought that was so telling, um, and. There is the the whole situation surrounding him is just insane and what he went through in his court case. Um, I it's it's very clear to me that he was targeted because of his background, because of his name. And um, the other people who arrested alongside him have uh, unfortunately suffered like much worse fates than he did. Um, I've a, a poor, apparently one of his comedian friends who uh, he was arrested with, like, had because of the threats against him, like had to completely leave comedy and just go back to like doing manual labor because it's just too risky, too threatening. And their reputations and names just got ruined. Um, really tough situation. Um, uh, you want to read this one? What is this? Hinduva um, Susanna is saying there are many successful Muslim stand-up comedians like Ahmad Sharif, but this guy had really mocked only Hindu goddess in earlier shows mm. that's not what the reports I mean, are okay, the reports I don't, are that okay, the son he, of a local BJP MLA like overheard a conversation in which he alleges he was mocking Hindu gods he was arrested before his comedy show even happened okay Originally. but here's the thing that's not that shouldn't be the defense so what I mean the fact that the fact that he even if he did his um insult Hindu gods. The fact that he's arrested for that is insane. The fact that he's in jail for that is insane. Like it's it's a, he's a comedian. Like what the hell is happening to India? Like that's the discussion that we're having whether or not he did mock Hindu gods or goddesses rather than um, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, what happened to the people who were saying innocent people like in the live chat people were like when we were talking about the news of uh, some Hindus being arrested, okay? Like, you look at them. They're not in the live chat saying... No, no. Whoa, the news was, it was about a lawsuit of human trafficking. There was no arrests in that story. Yeah, but they're like, we can't report on that because innocent or proven guilty, even though we literally said that um, we will see if the charges go through. But in this situation, they're not screaming in the live chat, well, innocent or proven guilty. No, this man goes to jail. Because they're so biased. They're so tribal. If if somebody is even deemed by the community that this guy is against us, even though he hasn't committed any crime, they like look. They're not saying like, oh, this that same person in the live chat is not saying this person shouldn't have gone to jail. He's not saying like, look, this is this is a, an obvious overreaction. They're so tribal. They're so one sided, and it's so obvious. And also, you you moron, like look at this. The same person is saying, I said Shah Rukh Khan's son was innocent. I didn't say. God, I didn't say he was innocent or not innocent. His arrest was politically mototivated against Shah Rukh Khan. 
it was it, it got, there has been a crackdown on Bollywood's um, political um, power over um, over people's opinions in India, especially the Muslim ones. This has been a part of a crackdown. Like, why are you putting words in my mouth? I've never said anything of the things that you're saying. You're an idiot. Like, look how uh, look how biased they are. They're changing what I'm saying. And they also never call out, the, like, this person, these sensitive and neutral people in the live chat, they never call out the things that are so obviously wrong. Like, are they going to call out this? Are they going to come out and say, oh, like, oh, obviously this is wrong. This man shouldn't have gone to jail, even if he did insult Hindu goddesses, gods and goddesses. This is not an offense. First of all, there was no evidence, but they put him in jail anyways. And obviously this shouldn't have been an offense. Obviously the people who are saying that they're going to self-immolate that's insane. They shouldn't be doing that. That's crazy. They don't say this because they're just there to get offended every time we say something negative about Hindutva. They're, you're completely tribal. You have lost any form of objectivity. Like you are, you are incapable of looking at things in an unbiased way. This, your mind has been poisoned by Hindutva propaganda. Go on, Susan. I, I just have to correct you. You're conflating Shah Rukh Khan with his son who was arrested, Aryan Khan. I'm saying they go after, okay, what I'm saying is that the fact that they go after his son was politically motivated. There are many reports that show that. There are so many people have, that have reported on the fact that there has been a crackdown on Bollywood actors and actresses because of the perceived influence they have over people's opinion in India and the Hindutva and the RRS, RSS and the BJP see that as a threat especially if they are Muslim. They are they are going after them. First of all, the, the drug bus was not like, like the, the details of that is murky. So I'm not going to even comment on that here, right? But there is a crackdown on these people to show them to know their place, to show them that, especially if, the, if they're Muslim, to know that they shouldn't be speaking out of place, to show them where the powers come. This has been heavily reported on, okay? Again, if it comes out and the... the counter narrative by Hindutva is correct which i highly doubt okay if they have proof that if proof that the counter narrative is correct i will change my opinion so far the reports i've seen is that this is the push against bollywood and the influence that bollywood has on people's opinion that is the challenge because remember in india okay in india the the bjp has managed to completely almost completely take over the news, okay. When it, so there's two types of out the news media. There's two types of media in India, okay. The conservative one is the news outlets. They're like a gazillion news outlets in India that are more. Most of them are very loyal to the Hindutva and to the BJP, okay. The counter to that, the only branch of media that the BJP and the conservatives and these national uh, these nationalists don't have a control over is the Bollywood, and Bollywood is more liberal minded. But Bollywood is too scared of the BJP and the power to go after them directly. But they still have messages and views and ideas that are a lot more liberal than the Hindutva and the BJP. So the BJP does see them as a threat. So they are attempting at intimidating the most celebrated. And even the news media is trying to... By the way, you, sh you cannot trust... The uh, news coming out of India telling you that these Bollywood actresses or actors are corrupted or not, because the news, again, is very conservative and is motivated in spreading fake news about Bollywood actors and actresses because they are trying to make them less celebrated, less um, 
um, of a figure that people follow because they are, again, they're intimidating their, um, the BJP and their power. But yeah, go ahead. Well, I made a bold claim earlier where I said that, because I want to take this back to Munwar Faruqi, um, where I said that this was all motivated by his Muslim identity. So not even, I don't even know if he is a believing Muslim, his background, right? It's just obvious in his name. Um, so before he, remember, he spent 35 days in jail for something that the police admitted that they had no evidence of. While he was in jail, the Madhya Pradesh High Court twice rejected his bail pleas, saying, quote, such people must not be spared. The single judge bench from uh, Madhya Pradesh, um, Justice Rohit Arya, observed, quote, but why do you un take undue advantage of others' religious sentiments and emotions? What is wrong with your mindset? How do you do this for the purpose of your business? That makes it clear that it is very motivated on the fact that he isn't a Hindu. Saying, why would you do this other others' religious sentiments, aka not your own? You're in, in saying such people will not be spared. It's just like this language is very dicey. However, you know, me being skeptical, and I'm, I, I can also see how such people that could be like, oh, that's just talking about comedians in general, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm, okay, sure. Um, you know, you literally can't take it. Guys, the, 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 Hindu, the Hindu tribe in India, they have taken sensitivity to a new level of, this is insane. You, you know how people make a joke by saying, you, can't, you see, you can't take a joke? These people literally can't take a joke but to the point that they're willing to burn themselves, okay? That's how far they're willing to take the idea of not being able to take a joke, okay? When we say you can't take a joke, we're saying, like, why are you so buttered? Why are you so sensitive? I'm making a joke. Why are you so triggered by it? But these people, they did, they, 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 it's not just that they are upset about it. They put you to jail for it, and they want to self-emulate -em for, for it. Like, this is, like... Who else in the goddamn planet is this sensitive? Like, is there any example? Like, you know, we I make fun of Trumpists because they're extremely sensitive. I make fun of many, many Muslims because they're extremely sensitive. I make fun of woke people because they're extremely sensitive. They seem to be extremely sensitive. But none of these, none of these groups comes even close to how pathetically sensitive this Hindutva community has become in India. Nowhere on the planet anybody comes even remotely close to people that, that lose their mind over jokes and cartoons. Who is like this anywhere else? Nobody is like this to this level. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like a level of sens sensitivity that is shocking. Absolutely shocking. Um, Armin has completely frozen, so I will pull up the next news. Wait, I'm I can see myself. I'm not frozen. I'm frozen. <laughs> um, sure. Wait, I see in the and on my phone that I'm not frozen. Tell me in the live chat. Am Am I frozen? I'm gonna. I'm pretty sure I'm not frozen in the live chat. Oh my god, I'm pixely. Okay. Can the real right, Armin Navabi please stand up? No. <laughs> Wow, I see that I am pixely. Not frozen, see? Not frozen. Okay, well, moving. okay. I, I just have an arm in frozen like this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm right now, I'm just looking at you like this. <laughs> I mean, I'm usually like that, so that's fine. 
Okay. Yeah. Wait, let me let me share the screen, see if the screen will get shared or not. Let me just try that one. All right. No, not 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 happening. All right, you share the screen. Okay. Uh Armin, I might be interrupting you because you're you're still frozen and I'm not gonna be able to tell when you're trying to talk. So I apologize in advance. Um Aww, thank you. So <laughs> okay. So <laughs> Uh, next news, Hindu extremists burn home of ex-minister who compared them to ISIS. On Monday, November 15th, a group of ultra-nationalist Hindus set fire to the home of Salman uh, Rushid, the former foreign minister of India, after he published a book in which he compared radical Hindutva groups to Islamist groups such as ISIS and Boko Haram. The book, titled Sunrise Over Ayotia, uh, Nationhood in Our Times, centers around the Ayotia, that drives me crazy, uh, Ayotia judgment in which the Supreme Court of India unanimously declared rights for constructing a temple to Lord Rama over the demolished Barbary Mosque, a site that that is in many ways a symbol of the nation's interreligious conflicts. Rashid's book actually praises the Hindu humanist elements of Hinduism and supports the controversial Ayodhya judgment, saying that, quote, it is an opportunity to find closure on the unpleasant past and look forward to a shared future. Police say 20 hardline Hindus gathered outside his home, shouted slogans, threw stones, broke windows, set fire to a door, and burned an effigy of Rashid. Four suspects linked to the attack have been arrested. I just think it's absolutely ridiculous that he, he's like, you know, the, these people are making political Hinduism. And uh, he, he drew a comparison with them in a, in a, a, terrorist, a terrorist group. And they proceeded to, to terrorize his home. Like the lack of I mean, awareness is astounding. They were, I, I think they were just trying to show that he's right. I, I think they were just doing him a favor. I was like, yes, you are right. We are like ISIS. Let's let's let us demonstrate. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, I don't know if like ISIS is fair. To be honest, like I'm not, but they are extremists. Okay, I mean, compare. How did he exactly compare them? Because comparing two things does not mean that you're saying they're exactly the same. What did he say? What was the original statement? So, um. Hmm. Let me find it. Okay, so I actually, he recently published an opinion piece about this incident that happened to him in um, the Indian Express. It was a beautifully written piece. Um, He's an extremely eloquent writer. It really made me want to go read the rest of his writing because um, his idea to crystallize these ideas and put it to the page was just really spectacular. So here's here's a segment um, in his own words. Um. So throughout my book, I have sought to support and endorse the Ayodhya judgment, despite many of my legal colleagues having doubted its legal correctness, acknowledged and praised the philosophy of Hinduism, underscored the humanist dimensions of uh, Sanatan Dharma. The thrust of the book is to promote religious harmony between Hindus and Muslims and highlight the Ayodhya judgment as an opportunity to find closure on the unpleasant past and look forward to a shared future. Sadly, all this has received little attention from the national media and members of the ruling party. Instead, they latched on to one sentence in chapter six that makes a distinct distinction between Hinduism and Hindutva. Quote, 
Sanatan Dharma in the classical Hinduism known to sages and saints was being pushed aside by a robust version of Hindutva, by all standards a political version similar to the jihadist Islam of groups like ISIS and Boko Haram of recent years, end quote. Uh, that is the single, okay. that, that's what this is over. Okay, wow. These people burned the guy's house down over that last line? That sentence. Wow, amazing. Amazing. It can't... Uh, okay. Um, well, congratulations. You played yourself. I mean, now more of us are going to read it. Like, what is it? What are you trying to get out of this? More of us are going to read that now. You Morons. You got that morons. These people never learn. That's how, how that's how they keep make us grow by coming after us. Now that everybody now we're gonna go read that thing that you that you were trying to silence. Congratulations. Also, we don't even need to read it to compare you to ISIS because you because of what you did. You are showing it to us. You're exhibit A. You're demonstrating it. You goddamn idiots. You more like how do you not see this? How do you not see this? Also. The comparison was a lot more fair than I thought because I thought this is one of those people who's going to be like, you are just like ISIS. Meanwhile, ISIS is a lot worse. Okay, ISIS is a lot worse. But what he was saying was the political nature, the fact that Hinduism, you know, they were making it, uh, they're creating an ideal Hindutva. Okay, so I'm against Hinduism, extremely against Hinduism. However, Hinduism is not as political as Islam. Hindutva is. Hindutva is an ideology that is a lot more political than pure Hinduism, okay? So this guy is saying just like Islam is a political ideology, Hindutva is also a political ideology. In that if you're in that sense they are extremely comparable. So he wasn't saying that like he wasn't when he was comparing them, he wasn't saying that they're exactly similar, which obviously they're not, but that was a completely fair thing to say. But go on. He goes on to say some ask if I am accusing Hindutva of terrorist conduct. And when I respond by saying the word terrorist has not been used anywhere, the media promptly says that I have clarified and withdrawn my accusation, pointing out that the word used is similar and not the same to highlight the common trait of misinterpreting religion and using a distorted version to hurt humanity falls on deaf ears. And, um, he, Can I add something? I mean, we disagree with this. We disagree with this, right? With the ex-minister who's saying like yes. misusing religion. Um, I mean, we think that religion is one of its main utilities is to be used politically exactly in this way, right? However, we like you know, our disagreements doesn't is minor compared to what our disagreements are with this kind of behavior, right? So even though I think like he thinks like Islam is being uh, used politically by like ISIS and other organization, and that's a misuse of Islam in the same way Hindutva is, um, you know, using Hinduism in a political way. And that's a misuse of Hinduism. Um, so we disagree with him because I think Islam is like by nature political uh, Hinduism only has recently become as this political, but still, I think the comparison is fair. Like, so I, I agree with the comparison part, but I don't agree with the whole thing. But yeah, go on. So some things that are notable here is one, if you cannot tell by this minister's name, he does come from a Muslim background. What's also oh, notable, what's that, also that. notable is that he comes from the Congress the Indian Congress party. So the, the opposition party to BJP. Oh my God. This and guy's triple target. There's, tr there's three targets on his back. 
One, he's from the Congress Party. Two, he has a Muslim background. And three, he wrote this article. Your house gets burned down. But what's so interesting is that um, he is known, or there are many Muslims in the Congress Party that are in Congress who are known as governmental Muslims, which basically means like a Muslim only in name. Because, like I said, he actually praises many aspects of Hinduism. He calls Lord Rama Iman al Iman e Hind, like the leader of India. So, um, in like conservative Muslims would really despise someone like like him because he is um, very liberally minded and has um, he's hated from all sides. He's hated by the Muslim community because he's liberal. He's hated by the Hindu community because he has a Muslim background. So he's like, yeah, attacked from all sides. But yeah, yeah. Um, I I really want to read a little bit more of his opinion piece because I I I really loved what he wrote and just his way of um, talking. Several several interlocutors have asked me to show even a single instance of unwholesome conduct by a Hindu follower. There is a long list, but revisiting those negates my purpose of reconciliation. Besides, they are hardly likely to accept what happened. Uh, uh, Pichi Dambaran put it wonderfully at the book release uh, function when he said, just as no one killed Jessica, no one demolished the Babri Masjid. So he's referencing a movie in India about a woman who gets shot by a politician's son. And conveniently, no one sees it. No one's willing to testify, even though there were dozens of witnesses. So it becomes no one killed her. Right. So he's saying it's it's this thing where it's it's witnessed by everyone, but there is no willingness for accountability. There is no willingness for self-accountability. There is no willingness to actually um, self-reflect and in uh, and, and talk about who is responsible for these crimes. Right. So he's saying just as no one killed Jessica, no one demolished the Barbary Mosque. Um and then, and then he goes on to say, uh, my conversations with a variety of worthies from the BJP, the Bajrang Dal, the Vishra, Hindu Parashat, etc. at all can add to that. No one lynched Pelukan and uh, Aklak. No one killed women in the Narodya Patya in 2002. No one raped girls in Unau and Hathras. No one burnt home. No one burnt homes in Muzaffar Nagar. No one killed Ishrath Jahan. No one uh, mowed down farmers in uh, Lakhimpur Keri. And of course, no one killed Gandhi. I am... Um, Ooh, that was so huge. Um, By the way, for people who don't know, the, this Hindutva um, RSS, mem- it was the RSS member who killed Gandhi. So it was one of these... Um, Hindu extremists who did that. So that's what he's referring to. By the way, Susanna, we we have only like another nine minutes. Um, so do you mind? Do you want to share the uh, videos and images of the man's house being burned down? Uh, sure. Um, yeah. Wait, there was one quote that I really wanted to say. The truth is we have for too long given the forces of Hindutva the freedom to push us around, giving the impression that they have a monopoly on the truth. As a strategy, it is expected to fade away as nature healed itself and the public discourse returned to normal. Yet this latest episode tells us that each time we give an inch, the adversary tries to occupy several feet. It is time to draw a red line, not just for our welfare, but but for the survival of our nation as we have known and imagined it. 
Further, it is not just about disagreeing about the nature and behavior of the Hindutva forces, but, but for applying ourselves to protect glorious religion, Hinduism, from the people who are threatening to undermine its humanism and who want a permanent divide between two important communities. We have to make a stand now and here. It is time for quibbling and hedging is long to be long over. The fear of ad adverse reactions has prevented our best case from being put forward, and we have been written off by friends, even as the enemy has continued to batter us. Falsehood has never before had the stage as in recent years. Now, what do we have to lose but the chains in which the forces of the right have sought to place us? Uh, Amazing. That was really and... We do. We, we we really do need to move to the fire, and then we have only one more. We also have okay. one more news to cover. I so wish your computer was working, so I could have showed this in the background. What what do you think about um, his his statements there? That was that was very powerful, mm -hmm. very powerful. Yeah, I wish I could show it while you were reading that. That would have been good. But today my internet is like failing. Yeah, we're having all sorts of problems today. Oh, come on. Yeah, so here you can see his door that was burned down. And the title of the piece that he wrote was called No One Burnt My Cottage. Oh. That was very powerful writing. Yeah, just saying like just the way that no one no one demolished the Barbary Mosque, no one did this, no one did that. Like no one Guys, what you're mosque. watching, this is Hindutva did this because of an article. Okay? Just no, because of his book. Because of his book, okay? Like because of lines on a paper, because of an opinion, because of a comparison. Like this is what you do to a man's house. This is what Hindutva represents. This is what Hindutva represents. Just know that. Anyways, we have to move on to the and it's like we said in the beginning, it's just funny how they trip over themselves to prove their critics right. Being yeah. like, hey, you kind of uh, kind of have some really serious uh, political problems. He's like, yeah. we will burn down your house. <laughs> Anyways, I'm glad nobody got hurt. Um, yeah, saying don't say we're like ISIS or else we'll prove you right. Exactly. Um, there, it's kind of like the meme of, you know, there was a meme of like a Muslims holding a sign. We will be had people who say that we are a violent religion. That was like, that was, that didn't actually happen. That was Photoshop. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but this is actually happening. Okay. Um, okay. Can we clap? Uh, sure. Next news. Last news. Research reveals most banned religions. A study recently published by the Re uh, Pew Research Center explored the global restrictions on religion across 198 countries and territories. The data analyzed by Pew included reports from the United Nations, Human Rights Group, Conflict and Terrorism Analyses, and reports related to religious freedoms. Um, Armin, before I read the rest of the news summary, um, guess which region had the most the largest share of um, religious restrictions. China. Is that actually your guess? Yeah. Oh, no, you're way off. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. The highest amount of religious restrictions? Restrictions on religion? Okay, the, wait. The well, largest share of religious restrictions for the region. Uh, Iran? 
No, just Wait. the Middle East and North Africa. Oh, okay. So, according to Pew, Wait. 55% of the countries in the Middle East and North Africa or MENA region, have religion-related bans, making the MENA Okay, wait, yeah, that's not fair. That's not fair. This is per capita. You're adjusting it based on the relative to the population. I was I was answering total-wise. My answer was based on total number of people affected. Your your answer is based on relative oh, to yeah, population. Oh, yeah, no, that's very different. Okay, so no. My answer is correct. I, excuse me. Thank you very much. Total number, it will be China relative to population population. Of course, it will be the Middle East and North Africa. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. Um, so making the MENA region the region with the highest share of religious bands. Among all the religions, the Jehovah's Witnesses, a Christian-based group, are considered the most restricted religious oh. organization in the world. Baha'ism is another highly restricted faith with bands in six countries across three regions. The Islamic offshoot community of the Ahmadiyya are also among the most highly persecuted groups with bans in four countries and amendments to the Pakistani constitution that prohibit themselves from even declaring themselves as Muslims. All right. So just to be clear, this is uh, restrictions on religions, not religions doing the restrictions, right? That's what we're measuring. So China will be included. Yes. Okay, good. Okay. So, yes, I was correct. I was correct, guys. Just that's the news. The news is that I was correct. Uh, it just, I <laughs> the news is I nailed it. <laughs> Wait, so, but the region, like you're, you're measuring the entire region, of course, it's going to be like, I thought we we're going to do country by country. Which country is the worst? I just said for population. Do we know? Um, if you give me a second, I can find that. Wait, I want to, um, share the graphic that pew made because it was very good um here we go see okay this is i want to see okay region yeah that's the asia pacific does come in second why does it say 17 oh those are the what is that number that's the number of so within a region what percent oh. of countries within that region have bans on religious groups? Okay, I have to. The, the, can you zoom in to see the percentages? It's very small. There we go. Thirty-four, fifty-five, seventeen. Europe. Uh, oh, Americas is the lowest. Europe is the. The reason why Europe is, comes after the Americas is because that also includes Eastern European countries, right? So yes. Europe is only 1% above the Americas, okay? But, okay, so regional, yeah, see, these are percentages. So obviously it's going to be relative to the population, right? Roughly half of countries in, oh, no, no, it's based on, oh, roughly half of the countries in the Middle East, North Africa. Oh, this is based on the number of the, like, it's like a binary thing. Like you're counting an entire country um, as one in, yeah, this, this is not a good way to measure it, right? Because if you're counting by country, if you're counting the percentages based on country, right? A country like as small as, you know, um, Tunisia will be count one for Middle East and North Africa. And a country as big as China will count as one in favor of Asia Pacific. That's well, yeah, because way. it's talking about standards set by the state. Okay. Regardless well, of I, how many people I am a human. Okay, Susan, excuse me. I'm a humanist. 
And as a humanist, I care about the number of people affected rather than just like counting countries. Counting mm-hmm. countries is like a ridiculous way. Like, I, I mean, are we counting UAE and China? Like both of them count as like the same when it comes to like, oh, so this is not a, I, I don't I don't think this is telling us much. Yeah. But yeah, population wise, it's going to be China followed by Pakistan and India. Pakistan being first because Pakistan is huge. Pakistan will beat India because even though India is a lot more popular, like the population of India is a lot higher than Pakistan, but Pakistan's restrictions are so much higher, so much higher compared to India. India, as much as we complain about India, India is still a secular country, relatively. Actually, really. I think in that case, Nigeria might beat it out because Nigeria, Nigeria has, yeah. has a huge population. Let me see who has no. a bigger population, Pakistan or Nigeria. Pakistan. I would say Pakistan. Let's see. Yes, if Pakistan does have yes. a higher population by roughly 14 million. Yes, and I'm and um Nigeria's population is going to dramatically increase by the next couple of decades. Mm-hmm. Um they're going to be one of the top, you know, five or at least top seven. So they might be Pakistan in the next couple of decades. Um, I was actually really surprised to learn that the most banned religious group in the world is Jehovah's Witnesses. I was not expecting that. But again, this is why I don't like this metric, because they're counting it based on the number of countries that restrict them instead of how they restrict them, right? Like, who do you think has it worse, the Ahmadis or the Jehovah's Witnesses? Like, I would say the Ahmadis, right? But if you count yes. the number of but if you count the number of countries where your religion is restricted, yes, Jehovah's Witnesses will win because they're banned in more places, right? But they're not but they but the things that they have to deal with also because they get around more, okay? <laughs> like they're everywhere. <laughs> like the Ahmadis don't even have the opportunity to get restricted because they're not they're not they're they're in less places right yeah the jehovah's witness witnesses do have explicit missionary missions i mean they're they're evangelical in their inception completely and i i yeah. don't think the ahmadi amahia uh, i can't talk the ahmadi committee is at large pro- probably because they're so heavily persecuted they yeah. they kind of keep quiet i mean there's basically an ahmadi genocide going on in pakistan hmm. wow this person's prediction for india is not very real this person from India saying, don't worry, we will soon beat Pakistan in that too. Today, I got one WhatsApp group banned in India. The, I, I got, Guys, as much as, I, as much, we, this is the last thing we're going to say before we go. As much as we share like stories that are horrible in India, I am still optimistic. I have to remind everybody, I am still optimistic about India, okay? Short term, I'm very, very pessimistic about the future of India. Long term, I am very optimistic about the future of India. The views of the younger generation in India is much different from the older generation, okay? And eventually, the younger generation will replace the older generation, okay? Short term, we're going to see the BGP getting more power, more influence. Hindutva is rising. These people are getting more sensitive. The animosity they have with Muslims is very, very useful to win elections, to take attention away from the economy, 
from agriculture and and from other things that are more important every time you fail at that you only have to stir up hatred in order to become more relative gain more power get more vote it works so short term it's not looking very good okay um but long term is looking very good and also i must say that in as much as india's institutions um is very you know flawed and uh, incomplete relative to many countries in the in, Nor in north america and western european countries however they are still strong enough to be able to withhold i think against the bjp and hindutva force i think india's secularism i'm hoping it will survive hindutva i i think it will survive hindutva but go on susanna um, there's one quick comment that I wanted to address. Andrew is saying the Jehovah's Witnesses are a dangerous cult and should be treated as such. Yes, I completely agree that they are a dangerous what? cult. And I do not know what exactly you mean as should be treated as such. But banning groups, especially mm. a destructive cult like the Jehovah's Witnesses, actually plays into their favor. They use it as a marketing yeah. tactic to show how persecuted they are, to and garner sympathy. I mean, also, it's just wrong because we believe in freedom of expression in this household. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. But yes, banning groups, even if they are dangerous, destructive cults, is counterproductive. It's not, it's mm. not going to... Um, it's just going to abuse people who actually are victims of a destructive organization further. And mm -hmm. that destructive organization will utilize and uh, exploit the pain of the, these members for their own personal gain. Right. Um, also, anti-Jewish discrimination is one of the most in the world as well. So just to remind everybody of that as well. Um, that's ethnic. And are you going to say that's ethnicity more than religion? Yes. Uh, not necessarily. Was that That's the discrimination against the people is different than state restrictions and laws against the group. I That's got, what got this it. is about. However, it's not about attitudes. I, it's about I, since I have to go, since I have to go, I have to remind everybody, guys, we need to go, but please make sure you like the video. And right now, it, we need your likes to grow. So it doesn't cost you anything to like the video. So please, please, you're here. It takes you half a second. Um, just give the YouTube gods what they demand to maybe they bless this channel, okay? Give it to them right now. It's not much. Unlike other gods that want blood, these gods just want your likes. Give it to them. It's half a second. It helps us and it costs you nothing. So please make and sure. Please comment. And please comment. The, tell comment. us what our, when, your favorite part about the stream was. Or the ones that parts you hate, okay? Um, after the stream is over, leave a comment. Make sure you like and all of that thing. And share. Share our video. That also helps a lot. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to Susanna for preparing all this news for us and giving us her um analysis and all the things that she read and researched for us appreciate her time um and yeah okay talk to you guys later bye guys bye bye